Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, looks like we got you back in the co-host seat for two shows in a row. Man, I'm, I feel lucky. Stranger things have happened, Brent. But just, yes, we are here. I'm just upset that I used all of my lottery winning luck on the fact that you're here and not actually having purchased a lottery ticket. Well, but, I, I, promise, oh well. I promise you that if I ever win, I'll, I'll cut you in. How about that? Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, that's, hey. that's the most I can promise. Well, seriously. you didn't give me a percentage, but at least I've got something uh, uh, recorded for posterity should that ever happen should, should that ever happen that is correct yeah no it's it, it's good it's good to be uh, good to be back I mean I always look forward to this time of month it's, it seems like you it, are such a liar it, no seriously it seems like it, it comes around so quickly though doesn't it I mean it's like we kind of get done with one episode then it's like boom it's time for another that one goes back to, I'm sure you, someone in your family told you as you were growing up remember these times because as you get older time goes faster yes. have you ever heard that yeah, oh, I hear it all the time yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> pun intended yeah i heard it all the time and you know i, I think it's our perception i don't think time speeds up i oh, think that's yeah. a constant it, but it's definitely our perception of it and it does change it well, definitely changes obviously whitney we're glad to have you here I, everybody knows if you're a listener to the show that you have had we've both had but you've really had the absolute craziest six to 12 months I've told you many a time, I don't know if I've ever actually said this here on the air, but I don't know how people like you, that sounds terrible. I don't know how you people, I don't know. Everybody needs a label, Brent. I know. And and, and I just got one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm I'm sensing a t-shirt or some kind of hashtag. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know how people with real lives and responsibilities, they, how how they survive. It's just me. I've got to take care of me for the most part and my dog and I keep a roof over my head to keep a job, all that kind of fun stuff. But I don't ever seem to slow down. And a lot of that is my doing, of course. I offer to do things or I help people out or I try to do a lot for myself, the arcade hobby, keep oh, yeah. the house up. Yeah. And I just, I fall in bed at night and, and pass out. You have got a real life and, you know, you know, slow clap for you. I don't want <laughs> to overrun the mic here. Thank you. But, do the virtual bow. The so, virtual bow. yeah, I, I started that off kind of rough, but I don't mean it in a rough way. Yeah, and no, it's no, nice no, to I, have I you understand. here. I know you've got a lot going on. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's, uh, gosh, we've, we've got, we've got you a lot of time in me on cookies the show. And smooth smoothies but you're here yeah well we we leave uh, smoothies to people who are far more qualified <laughs> at that than i i was asked and, about smoothies uh, uh not too long ago and i will have to talk about that a little bit later remind me of that when we get into the, the trip i've recently taken fair so. enough that sounds good all right so how about a few updates on my end and uh, i think you've got some updates and then we got some other interesting fun stuff in the show like we always like to have How's that yes, sound? it sounds like a plan, dude. Yeah, I was just looking through the updates. Yours, yours is like palatial compared to mine. <laughs> it's like, and I don't feel like I've done anything. Well, man. and I've done like less than zero, man. It's it's really weird, but you know, it's it's odd because as the month goes by, I mean, I pick up on little bits and pieces, but I I I don't know I don't know why, but it just seems like I've not had a lot of dedicated arcade time for months now, and. I haven't. And, and I've and done it, little things here and there. It's killing me, you know, because it, it's like it's kind of like I've I've hit like hobby stasis or mm-hmm. something. You know, I'm not moving, that. I'm not moving forward, but I'm not moving backwards. I'm just kind of stuck. Uh, but anyway, that's another discussion for another day. But yes, exactly. I, I get it. Uh, well, you know, you bring up a good point. Uh, something that I'm trying to do, and 
it'll probably come out uh, inadvertently through the next few shows over the you know the course of the summer. I'm really actually trying to pare back, not like sell games. I mean, pare back and actually just chill out for a little bit and not rush from one thing to another. I've got a game in the game room behind you. We've talked a little bit about that Tron I want to work on. I haven't touched it. I'd like to piddle with it over the course of the summer, maybe get it done a little sooner than later just so that it's out of my way. Yeah, Yeah. But I am really trying to just clear the decks, not get myself committed to anything and I've got some stuff around the house I just want to get knocked out. I've got some stuff out in the garage just to make my workspace in the garage, my play space a little nicer. I've been wanting to do for years. I get my, I got a big compressor, get it hooked up. Yeah, no, no, I get it, uh, man. Get some totally shelves get up that are dependent, you know, uh, it, that are dependent upon where the compressor goes. Yeah. And just, yeah, I, can't, I'm, I sound like I'm complaining. I have no room to complain. You know, this is, we've said it many a times. This is first world problems, you know? Yeah, yeah. Nonetheless... I, I sense that the arcade stuff may slow down a little bit, not for loss of love for it, just to kind of take a break, you know, yeah. put myself on a glide pattern for a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah. well, and for me, I, I mentioned this on the last show. I, I, I literally want to shed some games. I've, I've accumulated, um, yep. I've accumulated a lot of extras that I know, that I, I won't get to, and it's not that I don't have any desire or passion to. It's just that, um, man, I, I just want to curate my collection a bit. And uh, quite honestly, man, I want to play more pinball. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what I like on the arcade side. I've kind of ran through the, uh, you know, reacclimation of over the past several years of everything in in the arcade side of the hobby, and it's like okay, I've kind of refamiliarized myself with what's important to me on that side. But now I want to play more pinball. And so that's that's really kind of where it's going. So I, I wouldn't mind working on a couple. I've got a couple yeah. out in the building right now that I've had sitting there forever. Yeah. That I, they're buried in my right now in my building. I've got uh, two Dadies games. I got a Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. But which is. Which is the Frankenstein with the Frankenstein sculpt in the back that tosses the balls? That's, I have no idea. Yeah, that, that's. Okay, I always confuse Mary Shelley's I'm, Frankenstein. I'm, look it up on I'm pretty sure it's Mary okay. Shelley's I'm, Frankenstein. I'm going to look it up. You keep talking. Okay. I'll, I'll be searching. And pinball people are going to be like, you're an idiot. Uh, Mary Dude, we, Sh- never, we never profess to be. No. You know something? Oh, that's, no, a great, that's a great to, thing about it. It's we, like we, we made no guarantees whatsoever. We profess to be idiots. It, it, yes. and, and you know something? And when a show comes out on the opposite end of that, <laughs> hey, man, it's, it's all it's, it's all upside. It's, it's all, all upside. upside. And the only place to go is down. It's, it's all good. Yeah, it's a Mary Shelley's. I'm pretty sure it's a Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. It should be a day to East game with the uh, or my, probably Sega at that point with the big DMD like is on. Uh, Batman and Baywatch. Yes, the oversized the oversized yes, DVD. Yeah, yes. and Maverick or DMD rather. Yeah. Yes, uh, I always confuse that with the Williams Bally uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's one I that Barry Ausler's game. That's the two I always confuse. I don't know why, but I do. So you're thinking the right one, Mary, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Okay, yes. so I've got one of those out in the garage. I've got a Tales from the Crypt out in the garage. My sister asked me every once in a while. She goes, you haven't sold that, have you? I was like, no, I have not. She, we, we grew up kind of, you know, watching the Tales from the Crypt types. Oh, know, did you? You the, see, I never watched that. Never saw we, that. 
it, we didn't watch it. It wasn't like a mainstay, but it's just something that we remember from our yeah, childhood yeah. and the Crypt Keeper and, yeah, and all exact, that. Yeah, yeah. So I've got one of those out in the building. I've got two getaways. Yeah. So all uh, three of those three games, one of the getaways and then the uh, Frankenstein and the Tales from the Crypt, I really want down in my game room. And then I've got a relatively nice black hole. And I've been, uh, you're talking about shedding games. I've been yeah. on the fence. I'm like, maybe I should just go ahead and let it go, you know? And th- that gets into that conversation of it's kind of cool because the two levels and, but it's also kind of a slower game. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's got its place and uh, do I want it? And then I got a Genesis. I got a pretty nice Genesis. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. And, and see, for me, it's, you know, I mean, I don't have any... I mean, t- I haven't even touched on videos. Yeah, well, and, and that's that's kind of the situation I'm in. I mean, I, I've got... I've got the pinballs that I've got. I've got a line on on uh, probably a couple more that I want for the game room, and then uh, kind of curate down the arcade collection and uh, keep a few really, really, uh, um, I, I would say, important titles to me. Mm-hmm. Games that really stand out. So you're selling out- Skyskipper? No, no, I no, 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 <laughs> no. That baby stays. Uh, I know. Uh, that was that was. Uh, <laughs> Per- permanent. It's oh. permanent resident. Oh man, man. If, you, if you sold it, I'd show about three o'clock in the morning, knock on your door, then punch you in the mouth. Yeah, say, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Get that out of your head. I'd, sh- I'd show up and I'd look all deranged, like you know Nick Nolte after a bender, you know, <laughs> my hair all crazy. Because no, Gary, the- Gary Busey, Gary it's Busey. Got, yeah, yeah, it's got to be Nick Nolte and Gary Busey yeah. out together. Yes, because because, I- because the two of them together are way more than either one of them apart. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I've, my hair's grown out now, so I can get that 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 3 a.m. drunken stupor bedhead kind of like yeah. flock of seagulls look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. What you, you need to right do, you mouth. put Visine in one eye and then leave the other eye alone. <laughs> and then patch. you look, yeah, <laughs> then you look out of the eye with no Visine, you know, and then you just get, Arr. you know, you do the Pirate Pete thing without the Pirate or the Pete. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that skyskipper staying. Yeah, it's staying. So, and, and you know what? In fact, I do have actually some news about that. I'm going to put oh, cool. in at the okay. very bottom. It's right. uh, pretty pretty neat. But, but yeah, it just I mean to finish up that topic real quick, which yeah. is just a random you know bonus topic on the Broken Token <laughs> yeah, Classic yeah. Arcade. Oh, and we never introduced. This is episode seventy of the Broken Token Classic Arcade Pinball Podcast. So it is number seventy. If you're yeah, a new it is listener, 70, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. If you're a new listener, this is normally how we start. So <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Twenty seven minutes into the show, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for listening. We really hope that you uh, really hope that you enjoy our uh, recorded and very incriminating ramblings about pinball and arcade. Hopefully you haven't deleted the the podcast and destroyed your podcast player. (laughs) You're thrown it out the window, shot it with an arrow, Uh, whatever. But yeah. No, no, I I get it. I've still got videos in the garage. I've got a... I get uh, it. I've got a Moon Patrol that is a game that... It's kind of a nostalgic. Love that game. That's a sort of a nostalgic game for me. That's mm-hmm. one of a couple that it, starting out. If you'd asked me a few years ago, well, yeah, a couple years ago, I'd have said I wanted one. But when this all started, I, I don't even think Moon Patrol was on my list. And then eventually, it cro- I crossed its path somewhere at a party or a friend or an event or something, and it brought back a few memories, the old bowling alley days and playing Moon Patrol. So I got a Moon Patrol. I've got. Uh, a Star Wars, Atari Star Wars, I can put together. 
Oh, I forgot. I've got a <laughs> man, dude. Put that thing together and sell it. Oh, they're, it's crazy it's, pricing. I, I mean, I, you and I have talked about this on the flip side. I forgot. I've got two other pinballs in the garage. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I've got an Atari. I, I've got an, uh, an Atari Star Wars upright, and I, I, man, I am having a hard time hanging on to it at this point. Seriously, I mean, I see what they're going for today, and. Literally every week, I'm tempted to take pictures of it sale. and throw it up for sale every single week. Well, I've problem is it's got an amp. It's factory yeah. amplifone. Well, and I'll put and mine is clean. I was gonna put a sixteen one hundred back in mine. Yeah, but um, I mean, I've got all the parts to build an amp. Yeah. And let's see, you don't have the the only thing that I've even got amp tubes, but they've got some some center burn on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. We don't have to get into it here. Maybe it's something I can research and we can do a tech segment on. I know yeah. that I know that the the vector Facebook group is just they have crazy. Been, they have been rolling the yes. past month or so, and those guys are making some serious headway on do what you, they're doing. Do you know? Do you, yes. It's not like a sixty one hundred where you need that. What is it? The hundred degree tube. Uh huh. Uh, I, I think even the 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 f- some of the folks in that vector group they figured out how to wind a yoke so you can make pretty much any monitor or an any amp. tube work any, for a sixty one hundred for sixty one hundred but yeah. for an amp oh oh I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah I had it backwards yeah sorry but for an amp I mean I've got if I've already got rings and yoke and all that stuff uh, am I almost like ninety percent of the way there and just find me a I'm assuming is the tube a little easier to find for an amp assuming I've got the rest of the stuff versus a 6,100 where I need the weird 90 to, is it 90, hundred degree two hundred degree two to use the factory yoke and everything. Yeah. That's, that's how I understand it. The only problem is, is that even to this day, I have still not seen a compiled list of cross-referenceable tubes and, and TV models and everything so that it's, would be it's confirmed not like, for like a 19-inch Amplifone tube. So it's not like I could go out. Like I've got a stack of TVs out there right now, and I know uh, I looked them up in my Rejuvenator book. Mm-hmm. And, okay, it's a socket three. Okay, there's a physical fit. Uh, that's I, I use Syncor, a Syncor Rejuvenator, mm-hmm. CR70 Beam Builder is my favorite. Yeah. So, okay, it's a socket three. Oh, and the settings are exactly the same as a... As a uh, a geo seven, all the wells monitors. Okay. So fine. And then I'll keep that TV. I don't even check the yoke because if I, if it comes down to it, the yokes are relatively easy Swappable. to come, swap. If, yeah. if, if I've got a, a monitor, I really want to resurrect chances are it's a complete monitor. If the tube's blown out, well, I've already got the yoke in the ring. So what, yeah. you know, so I keep yeah. the TV. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know. Is it not that easy for an amp? Well, or do you know? Well, the only thing that I know, and I don't know if this is an answer to your question or not. May I think it's maybe a partial answer is that the the yoke it even comes down to just the sheer number of windings on the yoke. Well, I've got a yoke. In, in I've got way. two tubes. You, oh, you've got okay. yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about the glass, the physical tube, like the tube that I have. I have two complete tubes. Yoke, oh, I see. Yoke and rings. Okay, okay. But the, the you just the, want to swap the tube itself. Yeah, the phosphor's blasted. Yeah, on both I got of you. Them. I got you. I got you. Okay, so. All right. No, okay. I, and I've I, got I, the, I didn't I've realize got, that's where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, so I got deflection board. I've got the high voltage. I mean, I could build an amp today and it would work. Yeah. It, other you know, than the tube spotty. Now, the only thing that I can, the only way that I can answer that is just going off the research that I've done on cloth, not, not ever having done this particular type of work in person. But, um, it, I mean, you can find some cross reference 
uh, some amp tube cross references on some some threads on Clop, mm-hmm. but you have to go hunt. Yeah, and then you have to go find the tube in the TV, and so I, I don't know that anybody has has one hundred percent created a swap your tube in as long as it fits the physical geometry from a from a, a connector standpoint and and swap it in and roll I, I don't know that it's gotten to that point yet well even if i have to change so I, I guess i need to study up more. yeah i need to too i, I do it, even i think in some cases you can get a pin compatible but the little plastic adapter on the back of the neck is different is different yeah. i'm pretty sure and i'm pulling this from memory your your amp or your 6100 i know the 6100 has got a different little pattern to the connector that goes on the neck board mm-hmm. and you can you know of course it's glued on you yeah. can swap those though yeah. however yeah yeah so like i said i've got tubes i, I think I, don't know. I think you're close then i think that even if all you did was luck upon a couple of tvs that would be known good no, known good candidates, then you're probably ninety yeah. percent of the way there. In all actuality, so any that that stuff's out there, you know. So I've got both pinball and video sitting around out there, just stuff to kind of peck at, and a few more things that it could sell. I've got a Cheyenne out in the garage, and I played. What's what's the more common uh, Exidy shooter game? Crossbow. Crossbow. I yeah. played crossbow a couple weeks back at a show in Atlanta. We'll talk about that a little later. Just the show in general. Did you like? Did you like the game? Oh, I haven't played it since the days in Chuck E. Cheese's. And I, oh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Okay. I did fairly good. well at it. Okay. Is it, so, is it, is it room-worthy, though? I, mean, I would it, think so. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. Now, the cabinet's huge. Yeah, they are yeah. big. And, and I've, They're as deep as they are wide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm sitting on a multi-exity kit. I have been for years. <whistles> kind of one of those, you know, buy it when you can type deals. Yeah. So, I, I'm ready to go. But, you know, anyway, it's, dang. Well, that's, I mean, that's pretty good. I, <laughs> I'm not physically sitting on it. With you, but no, you know I understand. I mean. yeah. Yeah. Good, good deal. Good deal. No, I just know that those multi exity kits go for big money on Clob today. Oh, did I, now that was, if I'm pretty sure Mike Doyle made those. Has, I'm guessing he's not had another run or he hadn't had a run in a long time. I, I've just seen some threads where they've changed hands. Oh, and, wow. And they, they, okay. go, they go up in the hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Okay. Yeah. We have. I've got uh, I've got one. So well, hang on to it, dude. I'm sitting on a. a, a it's about like our major havoc boards. You yep. know what I'm saying? That's like literally a miniature retirement fund right then and there. It's crazy. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, I got plenty of projects. Anyway, anyway <laughs> me too. Speaking of updates, here's, yeah. here's my yeah, updates. Let's, let's get back to what we started the show on. How about oh, that? Okay, we're doing yeah. a show. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Uh, previous shows, I mentioned the Lethal Enforcers, and that that game has kind of hung around since little arcade expo and it has gone it has found a new home so the follow-up on that was last show i mentioned i was having to deal with the sound module which was kind of a common thing in yeah. the the series of of konami boards i was looking here at the reason i'm kind of stuttering i was hoping i had in the notes just as a quick recap i'm actually going to back up a month here and hopefully i'm not going to blow blow up what i'm doing and because I thought I had a game list in here of everything that that could be affected, but the short of it is, is they had these. There was a series of these Konami games that had a little module in the upper corner that had some caps in it, had an ASIC on it that was specific to the game, and it provo- it provided sound functions for that game. So they were all the same. I believe there was just 
two. You know, there was one for like X Men, and there was another that was used on a, on several games. And the the hardware was the same, other than the ASIC that was set up for the particular title that it was put on. Okay. So I'm sitting here scrolling, and, and darn it, I was hoping to kind of find it, but mm, nonetheless. So I had Lethal Enforcers. It, it it had this kind of it had this deal, and you, you'll you'll see it when you see it. You know it. It's maybe an inch by two and a half inches and it's got a black conformal coating over it and then it's got konami silk screened on it no in, in last episode you were talking about how how to remove that that conformal coating and everything like yeah, that where i was yeah. doing like paint stripper mm-hmm. and all yeah. this kind of fun stuff yep yep and it turned out that i really kind of ha- actually here's let's see if i can get this real quick so everybody I've gone this far, Whitney. Let's see if I can go. No, I'm just going to let you go. You're just going to let me drive myself yeah, yeah, you right. Just, you just roll. You just roll right into with the it. ground. Yeah, this is what we do. Okay. This yeah, is what yeah, we, yeah. Do. we let each other fail. <laughs> so, okay, here it is. Okay. So the module Great, is gracefully, buddy. Uh, the, the module is the same on a Lethal Enforcer, G.I. Joe, Metamorphic Force, Running Gun, Premier Soccer, Bucky O'Hare, Violent Storm, Monster Maulers. Uh, Marshall Champion and Mystic Warriors. Oh, and there's uh, uh, Galopolis, uh, Wild West, Cowboys of Moo Mesa, which that that one's out there quite a bit. So that's the same module on all those other than that ASIC. And then there's a very similar module that's on X-Men. X-Men in a game called Zex X. Z E X E X. I remember having a hard time with Zex X. Zex X. Never, never played it. Never seen it. So there's a little surface mount capacitors that are under that conformal coating, and they'll leak, and that's what had happened. So anyway, tracking it all down, I went through the process of trying to do paint thinner and strip off the conformal coating, and I was going to, you know, pop off the SMD caps and put leading caps on it, and I ended up actually cracking one of them trying to take it off. And that tr- that run me down the path of finding finding a gentleman who had reproduced the boards, and then he directed me to someone in the U.S. that I guess is like his distributor, if you will, mm-hmm. and he would actually yeah. do the ASIC swap because it's surface mount. And he'd do all that, and I just mentioned on the last show, and I kind of wanted to hold it in reserve until I, it all was finished. And and man, it it turned out awesome. His turnaround time was great. His service was great. Uh, actually, I'm holding in my hands his business card, and he sent me a couple tokens. Okay. So, I mean, he, he, he's got his own tokens, Whitney. We don't even have tokens. It's we, got, we got to chop, chop. Yeah, we got to straighten this up. Yeah, because, we got to we got to get our merch lined out, man. Seventy episodes in, we still got to get our merch lined out. I mean, it's he's got his own. It looks like one side. It's just it says game token uh, non negotiable, so that might be a standard die. But he's got a custom die with his little logo on it and all that kind of fun stuff. And I'm like, we are, we are failing, Whitney. <laughs> uh, now, what's not on here, though, is a website. So I can't really point you to a website, but we've got his email address. And if you see the name, you might recognize it, especially if you kind of Google it and you'll see Avatar pop up on a few few forums. And uh-huh. I'm going to try this. It looks like it's Mitch, Mitsuguru W. Okay. M I T S U R U G I W. So probably more, more like Mitsuguri. Dash W and I apologize. I probably got that totally screwed up. But his name his name's Jeremy. We'll have his email address in the show notes. Yeah, that's fine. I'll put it in there. That's one I'm gonna have to copy and paste because yeah. that, that's a that's a bit of a mouthful. Jeremy, he's really quick to get back with you. He's 
uh, I mean, my experience was awesome. And, and I mentioned on the last show, I threw him for a little bit of a loop because I'd already removed the modules and his pricing included And I'll, I'll go ahead and mention the pricing. Now that's not to say if you don't catch this show in a year or if you don't have a different situation than I had, the pricing might be slightly different, but he quoted, it was 55 bucks per module Okay. And, you know, he'll pull the module, he'll move the ASIC over for you, uh, and he'll ship it all back to you. So you send him a board that's broke and he'll ship you a board back that's fixed. Okay. So I, like I said, I contacted him after the fact I'd already removed the modules and he did the ASIC move and everything for me, but I got him back. Man, and dude, that, I mean, yeah. seriously, tur- that's turnkey. Yeah. It's turn, it's turnkey. Yeah. And you know, knowing that he's replacing the modules and if I had done this on the front side i'm sure he can get through it a little quicker because i was working more from the perspective of trying to save the module take it off because i didn't know what the paint stripper was going to do and i'd probably actually use paint stripper on it mount it next time but why because it's not worth the trouble i just ship it off to jeremy okay okay yeah so anyway uh, there's his email address. It's going to be in the show notes for 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 seventy. I've already actually spoken to a, a listener of the show who needs his service. So I've you know it looks like I've already got a, a one going his way, and he was happy to hear that there was somebody out there that could do. Well, that's this. awesome. Yeah. So so you made the connection. So yeah. That's good. So yeah, Jeremy sent me the modules back. He sent me little uh, machine pin strips to put in place. So basically, I socketed the modules. If it ever has to come out again, you don't have to decide. It'll pop right out. And I fixed the board that went in the game that's gone, and I fixed my board. As if I was, I mentioned on the last show, I actually had a board in my stack that had that problem. And hey, both fired right up, and both sounded great. I couldn't have been happier. It went perfect. Well, you know something that I guess it's one of those scenarios when build it, fix it, and uh, or buy it. And it's one of those scenarios where, you know what, buy it actually worked out pretty good. So Oh, yeah, for roll. the money, it wasn't, yeah, I mean, exactly. it was it's just, it was the, the I'd already burned that in ter- terms of time, desoldering the modules, and I didn't even have to do that. Bingo. So yes. I, basically, I came out behind because of my own, you know, doing is what it was. Yeah, you know? but... Man, I mean, you and I've had this conversation, uh, you know, privately off mic numerous, numerous times. I mean, there, there comes a point where you have to decide what is your time worth and what are you not getting done because yep. you're stymied on on one thing. And I, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I, I want to figure everything. I, I want to be. I, I, I never thought to go to look to see if the service was available. Yeah, no, no, honestly. I get it. I, yeah. I get it. And you know, I mean, I want to be a learn it all type of person, not a know it all because they're not worth anything, but a learn it all type of person. But at some point, if if you're if you if you're up against a, a block like that, it's like, man, if there's a turnkey way to move this forward, I, you've got to at least consider it. Oh no, I agree. Part, and yeah. part of me was looking at it too, like I I felt a little beaten because I was like, oh man, I should be able. No, to, no, I should you, be able no. to fix this. I can fix this. Nope. And then. Wrestling with you it. You got to get, get over that, man. Oh, I did. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had to. Put when that I broke, in a bucket and kick it. When I broke one of the modules, trying to, you know, because I, I, I didn't realize how brittle they were. I was treating it like a chip I was walking out. Yeah. I desoldered all the legs. And then what I'll do is if I've got one that's a little dodgy, I'll put a little pressure on it, like with, you know, with a little pry pressure, you know, put a, a, a broken piece of pencil down, like as a, 
like as a fulcrum. Yeah, just for some leverage. For a little leverage, yeah. I'll put the tip of a small screwdriver and just barely lay my hand on it, just a little bit of pressure, uh-huh. and I'll take my iron from the top and I'll walk the legs. And invariably, you'll hear... Uh-huh. And then the, and then it's the, just one piece and that's it, holding it in. And it'll she'll pop she'll walk right she'll out. She'll walk right out. And th- that's what I did. And I the 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 material this these little modules are made of is so delicate. And sure enough, I heard I heard a but it yeah. wasn't a leg, it was the actual material cracking. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's when I went to get my other board. I was like, well, you know, I, I'll fix this one. And I've le- learned lesson learned. And then somewhere in the middle of all that, <laughs> I, st- I Googled, I turned to my PC and Googled, and I'm like, oh, man, I wish I had just started here, yeah, you know, yeah. and tracked it down. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, his his contact information will be in our uh, in our show notes. And what I'll have to do, too, Whitney, is I'll get, this gentleman is in the U.S. The gentleman I originally found, and I don't have his name on the tip of my tongue, he's somewhere out of the u.s I, I i don't i'm i'm assuming he's somewhere in europe honestly i don't know i shot him an email and he shot he said i, I think you're in the u.s he said you need to talk to this gentleman okay and he got right back with me yeah. both of them so what i'll have to do is i'll have to get the other as well and have both contact information yeah just toss them there in the show notes non-us then, listeners yeah and yep. i'll get it up on the website that's no problem all right so other things to roll through this here real quick i mean Space shuttle pin, still got it, still sitting down here. It's not eating anything, and it doesn't, you know, pee on my floor, so I don't have to clean up after it. So, so the old lady hadn't got, hadn't called the, for no, she pin, pinball not. back. She's, yeah. she's, I've still got her space shuttle, yeah. and, and I know she will. She she'd moved homes. I shouldn't have said old no, lady. <laughs> that, that wasn't right. I was sitting there thinking about it. It's like uh, she, she's my little, mouth got a little ahead of me. I shouldn't have said that. Not not like that. I, I think, didn't I didn't mean it like that. I think it, I think if she sat here, she'd laughed at you. Okay, she she understood what you meant. Yeah, yeah. she she is. She's a, a, a pretty fun and pretty grounded. So yeah, I well, think she'd have been all right with that. That's good. She's part of the solution, not part yep. of the problem. So yeah, I've still got the pinball, and you know, uh, it's fun to play. Mm-hmm. And I'll miss it when it when it goes. But you know, I got to play a special a space shuttle for several months, and yeah, I didn't have to worry cool. about you know owning it. Yeah, so to speak. No, that's cool. That's yep. cool. I mentioned last show I was going to rearrange my game room. Haven't touched it. Haven't done a thing. And. I I kind of like it, you know. Feel you right there, man. No how it goes. I still got a game room. I, I mentioned last show. I, I'd, I'd actually gotten through picking up some odds and end piles of stuff down here, and I could come down here and turn on the game room, and my game room was up. I didn't have anything in the middle of the floor. It was a game room. It's been kind of nice, honestly. I've kind of not. I've kind of not messed with success. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. It's it. I don't know. It's kind of like mentally liberating, isn't it? Just to just to have the open space in the area, and it's like, yep. oh, this is actually kind of nice. So, Whitney, you and I have had this conversation a little bit, which is the great oscilloscope discussion of 2017 and now 2018. Yes. And have, we, have you have you made any well, progress on this? We've gone back and forth between a Rigol unit, the DS1054Z. That's it. And a Siglent unit. And I've, I've been kind of waiting for one to kind of beat the other and figuring if I'm going to buy one, I want, I'm going to go ahead and, and wait till we get to the bottom side of the curve when they've, they've run out their their current product line and mm-hmm. the new hotness is out and man it, I, i've gone through a lot you and i've talked about it uh you know i called my father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate yeah i talked to my niece and my nephew about it yeah uh, i called a guy i knew from grade school about it yeah i looked at tea leaves and the chicken bones all that stuff and i honestly dude i got to the point where i pulled out the old D stuff 
and I rolled for an attack and I ended up making a savings throw. <laughs> and, it came, and it came up Rigal. And, and what I ended up doing was buying a 3D printer. <laughs> yeah, I bought a 3D printer. You did? You I, bought a 3D printer? I bought a 3D printer. Oh, sweet. Yes, I did. Really? So, well, you and I talked about that a little bit as well. Yeah, so what did you get? I And I don't have it yet. It's on its way because okay. actually... I just settled on it and bought it this week. Okay, what'd you get? And I bought. If uh, you heard of, of the of Creality, no. So there's as many 3D printer companies out there as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I'm sure you know that. Uh, I bet you've looked because you and I've talked a little bit about 3D printers. Oh yeah, I'd, I've looked at them. I've looked at them at length about a year to a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and I never wound up pulling the trigger. Now I was. I mean, I was within literally a button click of getting a MakerBot. Were you? Yeah, that's that's what I had worked myself down to was getting a MakerBot. But anyway, well, the short of it is, for anybody that hasn't looked, you can go mild to wild. Oh yes, you can. You can get in the hundred dollar range for something that just kind of spits out plastic (laughs) lumps lumps of stuff to the several i mean it's like buying a car Uh you can you can spend as much or as little as you want that's right and have all kinds of quality points everywhere across that spectrum yeah okay and what i ended up doing is i was looking at a a printer from a company called any cubic i think it was okay and it kind of ran that 350 range and seemed to be a good, fairly priced, uh, uh, fairly featured printer mm-hmm. for someone that was just trying to get in. Okay, and this I didn't cool. want to. I didn't want to get into that couple hundred dollar range and be more frustrated and wind up throwing it away, right? Because yeah. I was getting what I was paying for. Yeah, you know, which was a couple hundred dollar printer, and it had all kinds of issues with stability, <laughs> and it, you know, it wouldn't track correctly in bed leveling. <laughs> you got to think, what's the profit margin for them on a two hundred dollar printer? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, probably great because it's probably a thirteen dollar printer. That's exactly where I'm right. going with yeah. that. Yes, yeah. So the short of it is, without reinventing my research wheel, what I ended up with was this Creality printer. And and actually, I got a Creality CR10S. So the CR10 seems seems to be a pretty popular printer. It actually has a huge print space. It's 300 by 300 by 400 millimeters, which in English works out to uh, 11.8 by 11.8 by 15.8 inches. Okay. And what you get with the S upgrade. And what's the model number again? CR-10S, Creality. Okay, cool. I'm just making a note of it, so I'm going to go back and look at it. Okay. So what you end up with is you get a couple upgrades that over the, the base model 10, you get like a run out sensor for the filament. So if it runs out, it'll detect it and shut down. Then you can actually, in the firmware that comes with it, refill it, press resume, and it takes off. Yeah. And it's got print restart like if you lose power. Mm-hmm. Same deal. When the power comes back, you can hit resume, and then it picks right back up where it was, and it takes off. Yeah, cool. Uh, it has... The one thing that I kind of so I was looking at the ten just because it also it was this this printer this Creality printer seems to be very well loved for this sub four hundred dollar price range. Okay, there's a lot of support out there. There's Facebook groups out there. There's tons of mods out there where you can print your own this that and the other thing. You can bling the thing out. Yeah, 
You can run it stock. There's a lot of air quotes support. It's yeah. generally accepted as as out there in the community. Yeah, the name's been around. The okay. company's been around a little bit. It's a Chinese made printer. Yeah, you know, there's good stuff and bad stuff that comes out of China. Fair, there's good stuff, enough. bad stuff comes out of the U.S. It's, so yeah, you got to take it on its own merits. Yeah, it, it it is what it is. Yeah. So what the what the S gives you that I kind of liked is the frame is a little bit more rigid. And then the Z axis, which which is what make the Z axis is where the print head goes up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're looking down uh, X Y, and then Z is up uh-huh. from yeah. from the ground. Yeah, yep. The the S gives you a second. They call it a lead screw. The non S just has one screw that drives the arm up. And in my mind, I'm thinking as you get up higher if you print a tall print i mean almost 16 inches is its upper end my thought is is okay well as wide as that sucker is as i get higher on that gantry does it want to skew any what's the deal everything i could find people had printed really tall prints vases and all kinds of things and it does well okay you know it's like anything else you find your you find your people that love it and your people that hate it I just like the idea of the 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 restart features and it, it just came with a filament runout sensor and it also in the S model provided a second screw on the other end of the frame so that now it had steppers and drivers or however it does I need to look at it, it may have a belt underneath it one way or the other it had a drive screw that that supported both sides of that arm as it traveled yeah, up okay gotcha. so ideally assuming that it all you know cr- fingers crossed it'll it'll rise evenly yeah. you know you're not just dependent upon the one side and whatever happens on the far yeah, end so, so anyway, okay so hope that makes help, sense yeah oh it totally it's going to help it stay level regardless of height and everything so so it looks like the company to buy these out the buy this from is GearBest, hmm. which is i have heard of you've heard of gear yeah, i have heard of GearBest. yes and you know the it's kind of weird so l- let me get it if anybody out there shopping i'd love if anybody no, out there's got one it. i'd love to hear any feedback i know that there's at least one person that i'm buddies with on facebook that's in the create the creality group the creality group was huge like thirty thousand people or something yeah. silly like that yeah um if anybody out there's got one i'd love to hear your experiences with it like i said it seems to be a very popular printer and I'd already actually kind of settled on a model, but this this kept coming up as the one the CR10, not the 10S, is the one that was compared against it. Mm-hmm. And they both had their pluses and their minuses, and they were both in that four hundred dollar ish range. Yeah. And I ended up going going even a little more with the S model. Yeah. And yep. said, if I'm gonna do it, let me just go ahead and do it and get yeah. one to print something monster if I wanted to. No, that's awesome. So so I'm gonna pull things off of Thingsverse, okay, and uh shoot it over to you and then I'll pay for the filament and then you can <laughs> You can just you can just, just run it out. My heart out. Yeah, because because I've got like three or four things right off the top of right off the top of my head. It'd be like cool. I, I've never like sent the files off to a commercial three D printer because okay. you can do that and they'll yeah. print it for you and then they just box it up and send it to you. Yep. And it's like nah. It's like if you're if you're going to get into this, then th- this 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 would work out well for both of us. So that's awesome. Well, that, it's great. Well, I fi- I will be more than happy to do that. Now, and from what I understand, you just can't push print. You know, you got to take the the 
your basic your model yeah you've got to run it through a slicing program and there's a popular one out there that seems to be the the gold standard called cura Mm -hmm. and that's where you say okay uh i'm going to print this material and you set your temperatures you set what your layer height is and your variables so there's 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 going to be a little learning curve for me to figure that out yeah but that's cool yeah and i i've kind of figured out me i'm in no hurry yeah yeah I mean, you're, you don't have it now. No, I don't have it now, have it so what does it matter? Yeah. yeah. it's all, Again, Brent, it's all upside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For you. Yeah. yeah. No, it, uh, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, That's a great show title, I, man. It's all I'm, upside. I'm writing, it's all upside. I'm writing that one down. I, I think what I'm going to do, too, is where I'm going to kind of try to learn a little bit is I'm going to start printing some, like, temperature test. They call uh, temperature test towers. And, and basically what you do is you use, like, Cura. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little tower, and each segment is an inch or you know a centimeter. I don't know, whatever. There's there's a billion models, and what you do is at each segment, you change the temperature from low to high, the range of the filament that you're using, and then that way you figure out okay, this filament. Mm-hmm. It, you could even say if you want to test it per per roll. Yeah, yeah, I can see for that. batch differences. This filament. Uh, on this printer likes this temperature uh-huh. to help zero your temperature in yes. and, and remove that variable. Yeah, and I can see that because I'm sure you're going to have the, the filament act a little differently based on the temperature, and it's probably going to dry or cure you know, a little mm-hmm. bit differently. With Yeah, I to- totally get it. Well, you're entering a brave new world. So the I, only yeah. thing you need is a starship and a transport. You know? <laughs> well, I'm making the repl- I got the replicator nailed. Uh, you at this you point. do. Yeah. You do. Yes, you do. So, yeah, I can see myself just being a little bit more geeky than just pushing print. Yeah. You know, I'll get a roll of filament. Okay, well, I've, I've figured out what I want to test. I'll run my test on it and yeah. I'll label it. And then that way I know when I run this filament, I've already kind of zeroed in yeah. Yeah, a you little could, closer you on like nozzle that. temperature. Yeah. You know, then I can work out. What I'd really like to know is if we got any listeners that that really are into this and can work in like SketchUp or any of the 3D authoring tools, it'd be really kind of cool to have uh, the the podcast logo yeah. done in a model it would, that would be, that we could print that would be pretty sweet. So that'd be pretty sweet. You know, anybody out there? I'm get asking. Your, get your merch on, man. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah, 3D printer. Well, that is that is an unexpected twist, man. But again, all I've already good. been looking at pinball mods and stuff to make. And oh man, dude, you can print those sack racks that everybody talks about. I'm not sure I know what that is. What is that? It's Yeah, it's it's something that sits on the lockdown bar. Okay, and it just holds four quarters. But but oh. it's got different. It's got like different logos. It's called on a it. sack rack. S A C. Yes. Oh, sack rack. Well. Uh, one of the things that I thought of was like a hook, like you see, like in the back of SUV to put like grocery bags on. Like, <laughs> yeah, what are no, you no, talking what, about? You could print those too, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but you can see those. You can buy those on like Pinball Life and stuff like that, and you can tell. You can tell they're all three D printed because they have that filament look to it. You know that kind of. They've been print, it, they've been printed a little bit of a higher speed and a higher layer it, count, and you can bing, see bingo. you can see the striations of the layers you, in you it. You yeah. certainly can. Yeah, you can tell that the filament has got a certain texture to it. Yep. And and as all the layers are bonded together, as one's printed over another, it, it gets that kind of 
It gets that pattern to yeah, it. Yeah, like I, a you, stacked you, pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eustrations, yeah. that's a very good word so for that. Yeah. That was a do- that was a that was, that was a twenty dollar word. Oh, was it? I was just twenty dollar word. I don't know that we've ever used the word striations in, in a podcast in an episode before. Maybe that's that, a title. That was fitting. Striations. That was fitting. We yeah. can spell it. I can't spell <laughs> that. Can so I. now I'm going to go with it's all upside because I can at least spell that. So, but I've yeah. already looked at like you know I've looked at like a Slimer <laughs> model. Like if I wanted to make get, get some blacklight reactive filament and replace. I thought, man, I could probably replace the Slimer in my Ghostbusters. Yeah. And Th- that would be stuff cool. for my Adams. Yeah. And there's. Uh, there's stuff for my machines. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's great, you know? Yeah. I didn't specifically look for your machines, but I'm sure we can. Again, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to bring, I, I, I'm bringing more value to the table this way. Oh, is that, you know? okay. Yes, okay. Exactly. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I haven't gotten it yet. I expect it to show up here, hopefully in, in the not too distant future. And then I'll be spending some time messing that's, with it. That so. is, that's really cool. Now, all that being said, did you did you decide on an oscilloscope? Because no, no, you started I didn't. this. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, right. I just wanted to I just wanted to hook you and reel you in. Yeah, I mean, I, I was getting I was getting very very and uh, I also had to work hooked. into Spaceballs and a D and D reference. So you know, <laughs> uh, rolled for damage. <laughs> All right, oh, that, brings other, back, that brings back memories. Oh man, man. Yeah. those were the days. Yes, they were. All right, so uh, the. Other major thing I, I did over the course of the last month was I attended the Southern Fried Game Room Expo down in Atlanta, Georgia. So I went solo this year, didn't have a speaking commitment or any panel hosting duties. So I literally got to go and just hang out with everybody. Was it fun that way? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it was like total freedom, man. You know, just it's like, ah. Shoulders are shoulders are awful light I, this time around. I, I I'll tell you, man, I really felt loved because yeah. I had quite a few invitations for breakfasts and lunches, and it got to the point where honestly, I said, "How about uh, Saturday morning?" I got an invitation for a breakfast, and I was just about ready to step out the door and take a run. Yeah, and I said, "How about this?" It was Casey Relford. And yeah. So, you know, there was periods of time during the show Casey was dead to me. Yeah, well, it's, but, I mean, that goes without saying. But yes. for the most part, Casey was not dead to me through that's good. the bulk of Southern Fried Game Room Expo. Oh, that's so, good. That's good. I, I'm glad to see you guys have you've you've hit a you've hit a good comfort spot. You know, I have pictures up on the Facebook page. There's a, I got a picture of. The Broken Token Facebook page. There's, I got a picture of a of broken glass all over a floor, and it's a bad glass off Casey's taxi. Ooh, and, and it, it that that game has a translite, so he actually had a glass back glass with a translite behind it. Not like I'm assuming. I've seen several taxis, but I've never gone up and tapped on them. I'm assuming factory in that vintage System Eleven. They were glass. And then with the translate behind them, because then you get into stuff like like your WPC games, like Adams and all that. You're D, getting into the DMD era, and it's it's plexiglass or Lexan or whatever it is, acrylic, mm-hmm. and whatever, uh, which whichever one of the plastics that doesn't scratch a mm-hmm. lot, you know. Yeah. And the translate. Yeah. So he on shutdown, on teardown accidentally broke it i mean the trans the translate survives so he just needs a sheet of a sheet of tempered glass but uh yeah he uh casey he lost his back glass oh man nothing else was damaged though so yeah all in all it was all right i guess you know it was nothing major but to hear that so yeah i got to i I just got to hang out with everybody and uh, what i ended up doing was i put together 
I mean, I, I do, and I can't thank everybody enough. I'm going to go through a list of names, and if I leave you out, I am so sorry because I've gone back and amended this list several times, but I, I, I put together a huge group text, and we all actually, a bunch of us just went to dinner on Saturday. Yeah. And, and I actually, I used WhatsApp, and I called Whitney. Yeah, it was cool. I'd never video called you, had I? Uh-uh, no. So I video called you, and Whitney answered, and I turned to, started turning the phone around, and yeah. I was like showing the table. It was a long Whitney. table, too. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, it was cool. So let's see, I hung out with, and again, if I leave you out, I am so sorry. You know, saw Sean and Sharon O'Shea, Mike Martin and his kiddos, Matt and Sarah Gard, and little Oliver, That's their new cool. their new youngin. Yeah. He was there. David Paul and his son. Daniel, uh, Daniel Dubuchet. Gosh, Daniel, I'm so sorry. Dubuchet. Dubuchet. Yeah, there you go. I, I make it work. I make it hard on myself, <laughs> Whitney. It's, it's all so good. So Daniel was there, and he was Daniel. Daniel was working the game room. He always had gaffer tape. I, yeah. I was afraid to just look at him crossways. I didn't want to end up tied up behind a pinball machine. Bingo. That's yep, exactly so, right. Yeah, Daniel yes. was there. Gaffer's tape is that's serious business. Man. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. mess around. No. Uh, of course, I said uh, Casey, uh, his uh, wonderful wife Dolly. So we spent some time uh, with uh, Casey and Dolly, okay. Alberto Luna, and he's a, whenever you see Alberto, he's a, there's always Alberto and a buddy of his, and I, I've seen him a billion times, and he actually walked up to me and he listens to the show, and he said, "Man, don't for, he, it, he was kind of joking. He said, "Don't forget my name," and I, <laughs> I think it was Steve. <laughs> this is awesome. I think it yes, was Steve. Fair enough. So uh, Alberto's such a good dude. Oh yeah, Alberto. He, he was, is a great guy. Uh, Alberto and I think it was Steve, David and Julia Corrigan, and they're of course from the from Nashville Grand Ole Game Room yeah. Expo. Oh yeah, I talked to Dave several times over the weekend, so he's he's such a solid guy as well. Saw Eric Stinson of Arcade Repair Tips, and actually oh, I was cool. on their show for a little bit, so I don't know if that show's come out. And uh, you know, of course, I caught up with Billy Mitchell and Walter Day. Woo! Ooh, yes. Saw them here and did, there. Did drama and controversy follow you? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I I attended a couple sessions. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jonathan Wild, I hung out with Jonathan. Yeah, I Jonathan, skipped over oh, him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jonathan Wild, Steve Moritz. Jonathan's awesome. Um, and Casey and a couple other gentlemen were on a collector's panel. I attended yeah. that. I saw Steve was on that panel as well. Steve. Steve, Steve Moritz. Yeah, yeah, Steve yeah. was on that panel. Yeah, yep. he was on that too. Uh, that was well attended. Yeah. So I saw that panel. And then I saw the spooky guys. So I saw Charlie Bug. Man, Bug is. Remember when did we go to? When did we go to Pinball Expo? Was that two thousand fourteen? Fourteen. Yes. And I, I see this in my own family. Bug yeah. is all. He's right at or just surpassing Charlie in terms of height. In height, yeah. And it's. I mean, that's that was four years ago. I know. I mean, here's the thing. Grace is thirteen, and she's as tall as her mother. Oh, geez. It's crazy. Yes. I get it. I know. So, uh, but I, I didn't attend. I didn't get to. I, I attended the spooky panel. I didn't get to attend Billy's panel. But mm-hmm. Billy, he came. He come packing for bear, loaded for bear. He had. It looked like stacks of paperwork in terms of. He he had the, he my my, my takeaway was because he he was actually on the arcade repair tips podcast. Oh, he was. I was there for a bit, and then Billy yeah. came and joined, and we were there for a few minutes, and then yeah. I had to peel off. Yeah, but he had just oodles of documentation. Now I I don't know to what degree. I, I like I said, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to attend. Yeah, 
but uh, he looked like he was well prepared to discuss the the whole Donkey Kong and the yeah. high score and who said what and how it, I got the impression that there was kind of a lot of how could you have done this and said this about me and that when this and that was said at this time and here's my proof and here's all my records and yeah. he, here's here's all the documentation so yeah, yeah. Ha, I, honestly like I said unfortunately I didn't get a chance to to, to follow up on that yeah so. I. I I did see uh, on Facebook, of course, you know, over the weekend while SFG was going on, you know, Facebook was rolling pretty strong, and there was a lot of there was a lot of people that posted after Billy's session was over that um, that, that was that was pretty a, a pretty wild session. Oh, was it? Yes. Okay, I yeah. wonder if it's going to end up published online. It, um, from what I understand, Al Warner uh, taped it. Okay, he, he recorded it rather to tape. He recorded it and uh, <laughs> video recorded it, and so. Uh, he posted on Facebook that uh, he has he's finished the post on it, and I guess we'll see if it ever turns up anywhere. Now you say that I, I, I I'm pretty sure it was Al I saw videotaping the Spooky Panel, so mm-hmm. hopefully that'll end up out there as well. I, I hope it does. I hope it does. Um, and then a, a few more folks here, real quick. Uh, of course, I saw Preston Shannon and the illustrious. Patrick Wall. <laughs> I didn't see Tim this year, so I don't know if Tim was there. I, yeah, I mean, I missed Tim. Yeah. Tim's always awesome to hang out with. Tim Tim is like the most interesting man in the world. He is the physical personification of that fictional character. Uh-huh. Tim could just, you could sit and listen to Tim tell stories all night long about anything. <laughs> He's got he's got a certain uh, he's got a certain swagger about he him. Does. He? T- yes, he, he does. does. Yes, yes, he does. Yes, he does. I definitely missed him. So, yeah. Tim, buddy, if you were there, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, I mentioned the spooky crew. Whitney, look to your left at my gorf, and. Take a look in the coin door. There actually happens to be a key oh, in the coin door. We're doing this now? Yes, we are. <laughs> okay. So open that up. Right. There's a little something in there for you. Yeah. It's not that hard. Wait, lefty. Le- le- I, I tried it, it's to, righty tighty lefty. Yeah, I tried to roll my locks yeah, that way. Enough. Yes. Yeah, so left right. is over. <laughs> it just had a, just a tad bit of stiction to it. So I didn't want to force it, you know? So in, there should be a little package in there for you. Oh, yeah. So I got you uh, what, you're, what you had requested. You'd ask me to get. Be careful with that coin door, Whitney. You saved my coin. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little. Uh, Tell everybody what you got. It's Tell awesome. Got. That, that, yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Gorf coin doors notwithstanding. So uh, I'm, I'm going to start out with uh, with the first one here. This is my uh, my uh, total nuclear annihilation cassette, the the album on cassette. And uh, I did ask Brent to transport it down to SFG for me. And if you saw Scott Denisi to get uh, Scott to, to did lay Did you see his, where uh, he signed it? Yeah, sure did. Right there right yep. there on the back. Yep. Yeah, he said he likes to see it. And that's, that actually works out really well because you still got the, 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 the art in the front. The front's and like great. It's almost like Scott planned that. The perfect it's, place right there on the back it, of the... It, exactly. I mean, he's... I, I think he's thought these things ahead, you know, and, and for that, I, I'm I'm grateful for that. But yes, thank you, Brent, for doing that. And Scott, thanks for signing. That was, that was, uh, that was sweet. Speaking of Scott and signing, there was a little swag that was on the spooky booth and I got you each of the little. Oh, thank you. And Scott, I, Scott scribbled something on the back of one of them. So you're going to, 
he just giggled and he handed it to me. And honestly, oh, man, he did. I, I didn't look at it. So. Okay. So now I've not flipped any of these over yet, but what, what I do have is it, it they're looks like, like key fobs, aren't they? It, they are. It, it's, they're literally key fobs. And you can bet your bottom dollar that I'm going to find a way to factor these into my day to day key ring. Well, dealings, one okay? of them, I knew, I know exactly where it's going to go. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because one of them is essentially the, the logo for Total Nuclear Annihilation, and that'll go on my game uh, whenever whenever uh, my time for ship and delivery comes up. The next one is the Spooky Pinball logo itself. Whoops, I'm sorry about that. I flipped that over. Uh, nothing on the back of that one. Okay, so that's cool. And then the next one is the, um, or the third one. The last one is the Spooky Pinball Podcast. And it's got their logo on it, and uh, it, it's kind of cool. It looks like there's there's some folks standing around, standing around one of the pinballs and everything. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> What's it? Oh, that is that is hilarious. Did, are you sure you did not see What's the back side of this? What's it say, Whitney? Did you tell him to say I, this? I just know you've got it. I oh. I, I I don't know anything about it other than it's in your hands right now. Oh, this is hilarious. I've got to take a picture of this and put this on Facebook and Twitter. It says, Donkey Kong sucks. And then there's a little heart, Scott D. <laughs> hey, look. Oh, Scott's this, a, Scott is a man oh, of impeccable gosh, taste. Golly. Uh, Scott, you're... Scott is pinballs, Tim Wall. Scott... <laughs> Scott, all I can tell, all I can say is you're killing me, but I love you, brother. I, I, I love you, I do. But that, that right there makes my day. <laughs> so yes, I'm gonna get a picture of this, and uh, this is that's this solid, solid. So Brent, thank you. Scott, you're so very welcome. You. Yeah, that's that is great. And you know something, the Donkey Kong debate lives on, man. It you know it, no, it, it, it this is fucking, settled. This it, is science. No, no, it's far from settled. <laughs> all we do is continue to wage the war. So this is great. This is awesome. Well, I know I know who won this battle. <laughs> well, in the war. I'll okay. Fair, fair enough. I, I let's put it this way. I, I'll concede that lob how about that all right yeah good enough thank you brent thank you Scott. you're so welcome yeah so uh i mentioned we saw preston and uh patrick and shannon and micah and joe were running the game room and i know jonathan wild was running around the game room doing some tech support and casey relford was involved in the load-in and organization and i don't know what to what degree i know dan was as well and there was a lot of other folks that that i'm sure that i just don't know and didn't meet that, yeah. that had that were involved in that oh for sure so, big, big show lots of people yeah yeah and of course you know uh micah and joe were manning the the booth if you will or whatever the table in the in the corner getting games checked in and keeping everything kind of running smooth and all that fun stuff now i actually took up a little something for for the are you okay <laughs> he's I just, it just you're beside yourself it just, you're, it just tickled i'm you're you know, leaning so, on my gore I, i'm, I'm no. well <laughs> you're okay i'm just genuinely happy <laughs> at what i'm seeing right here this is awesome yeah so uh, carry on brent carry on so the one of the local collectors helped me out with something uh tony we've mentioned on the show not tony of rec bar fame tony collector over in southern indiana he's got a new company called ideal custom engraving and he laser engraves. Um, I've seen him do stuff. All, 
everything. Yeah. Hammer handles. Hammer handles. And let me tell you, when you're printing out hammer handles, yeah. you you've 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 eclipsed. You've hit the point yeah. where it's like I you're can print it. anything. I can do anything. I can do anything. I can do now. a steak. Yes. I can put your name on a steak. I'll grill you. I will cook a steak with this laser, with laser graver right and now. it will smell awesome. Yes. Now it'll have a logo in it, but still, yes. So I actually brought up a couple freaking uh, hammer handles, he, man. Hammer handles. Um, what um, is escaping me now? When cutting boards. Oh yeah, yeah. I've uh, seen those. Those tumblers. Cool. All if if honestly, I don't stand still very long around him because I don't want him to shove my hand in it. You know, and have let me <laughs> that, let me show you something. What that, font do you like? That is a one way trip. Yeah, right it is. There. It is. Yes. Yeah, it's it, that's your that's commitment. Yes. So I actually took up some custom tumblers with the SFGE logos on them. And uh, I had him there for you know the the, the short short co- co- uh, core show organizers you know and just kind of the broken token classic arcade podcast and I am just running just, just say broken token oh my gosh yeah, I'm just, just so we, we got to shorten this thing down I know to just man one I, word, it's so many words our, man. Ta- our tagline we trip over our own tagline so, no man Whitney yeah, I've got this broken, problem broken it's called broken token so podcast. many words yeah <laughs> I, I took up some tumblers yeah just as a, just as Hey, from us to them, there you know, you I know they put in a lot of work and I had a, a few that, that Tony was actually able to help me out with and, and, and took them up and presented them to a couple folks where I, where I'm bringing all this up. One is to plug Tony's company, ideal custom engraving. They're on Facebook. Check them out. Uh, Facebook.com slash ideal custom engraving with where you come into this Whitney is the tempest. And what's in the Tempest? Oh, with the look on Whitney's face, classic. Open the Tempest coin door. To, now, now Whitney's going to start looking around to see what games have keys in it because it's like, oh yes, <laughs> there, there may be a gift in there. Yes, I, I, I tell you what, man. I Uncle, well, before Uncle I started loving this. Before I started twenty five minutes of of diary of the mouth, I should have actually sent you over there because you're kind of wired in and you got to get around the mic to get to the Tempest. But you know, can you get in the Tempest? And you're backwards because you're kind of having to reach over. Now, okay, oh, now I'm, I'm got to go under my mic stand. Now so he's just going. Hang, hang he, tight. he started above. Now he's. This is hilarious. I got to get on bended knee to make this happen. So well, hang, it's hang worth tight. it. It's worth it, Whitney. Yeah. It's worth it. Oh, oh, he's actually, he's actually having to crawl because. Now he's he's got the coin door open. Now, oh no no no. He he opened the coin door and then by the time he reshifted to get where he could reach in, the coin door closed on him. This is awesome. This is like I planned this. Next time I do this, I'm going to put a rubber band on the coin door so it slams shut on your fingers. <laughs> oh, now he's got a bag and he's he's hooked it. He's hooked it on the coin mech so it was stuck. Okay, now he's got it all locked. Now he's going to have to get back up. And we're not getting. I need to call for an extraction. He's. We're not getting any younger, Whitney. So it's going to take fifteen minutes to get up. All right, you got stretch. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm good now. I'm good. It, well, I just that had was, to contort myself. That was 20 minutes of just awesome podcasting. <laughs> All right. So what do you got, Whitney? He's just ripping into it. He doesn't yeah. care. This he, is... Uh, you want to sit down so everyone can hear you? I do need to do that. <laughs> yes. All right. So he had a bag with a box. He's already he's already chainsawed through the, bo- the yeah, bag and yeah, he's it, ripped the box open with his teeth. Yeah. Here we go. Back on mic. All so, right. oh, this is very nice. Oh, this is a Yeti. Oh, this is a Yeti tumbler. Wow. And it's orange, my favorite color. Ooh, and it has the BT logo and my name on it. Wow, Brent, that is sweet. Thank you, sir. Uh, well, I, I, honestly, Whitney, uh, that 
is cool. That I had little to nothing to do with that. Really? How so? I did. Um, Tony was able to uh, get a hold of our logo, and he presented that to us. So thank you, Tony. Well, thank you, Tony. I am going to uh, I'm going to send something over to him because that right there is the bomb. Check it out, man. It's nice too. Oh my gosh, it's got heft to it and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, the, wow. the engraving work is beautiful. Oh, that that is yeah, it's second to none right there. That's yeah. that's great. Yeah. So like I said, Tony took care of us. He, I, I commissioned him to do a few mugs that I could take up to SFGE. Wow, and that then is cool. He he's I mean, check him out if I if you need something like this done, if you need any kind of uh, engraving done, check it check him out. He, like I said, it's ideal custom engraving. You'll find him on Facebook. Yeah, that's you know, that's sweet. Tell him, don't tell him we sent you because he's liable to charge you double. Yeah, d- yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, do yourself a favor, disassociate from the show, and just try to strike a deal. <laughs> hey, I just that? found you randomly. Yeah, I just found you randomly. All right, that is uh, awesome. Well, I got one more update, then we'll get into your stuff, okay? Cool. And, and that is just another mention from uh, SFGE. And I sat down, and actually talked to the the fine folks over at the Circus Maximus Group. So that's. Uh, Paul Kiefert and James Laughlin, and they're the, they're going to be the builders of Python's Pinball Circus. They've kind of got that ramped up again. And if you're kind of in the pinball circle, you know the scuttlebutt is is they're actually building the Capcom game Kingpin. Mm-hmm. All right, yes. and the short of it is is Kingpin made sense in that they could get that out the door to turn around and then fund python's pinball circus so in effect they can roll one into the other and they're kind of keeping true to themselves in that they're not doing what seems to be the popular thing that has been a lot of people and they they go to other people looking for money to fund this project and in their words they're there it's their thing to do they're taking the risk they don't want the customer to take the risk and I say that in their words because after this segment, I actually sat down with the fine folks at Circus Maximus, James and Paul, and talked. I, th- I think I got a good 20 or 30 minutes with them. So yeah, excellent. We'll, we'll run that after your segment. Yeah, and I'm looking I, forward to hearing I'll this. go ahead and warn everybody. We just went to one of the side uh, hallways there off the show floor. Mm-hmm. So quite a bit of it's, you know, it's the audio is good from what i heard just like spot checking it yeah but there are random people passing by and at some point we're asked where the restroom is oh so fair, we well, just roll enough. with it yeah you know, it's all you know, it, you know it's 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 interviewing in the round is what it is <laughs> it's so. interviewing in the wild yeah. is what it was but <laughs> yeah so we'll talk with james and paul right after you finish your updates cool with me. well it, the good thing about my updates is that um it, they're they're fairly short and uh, rather insignificant this month. I mean, Brent, I have uh, I've literally been, and this is it, it, it's been a little tough on me. But uh, KT from uh, Spooky has emailed me and said, you know, checking in with me and just giving me some updates on on production and everything like that for a total nu- nuclear annihilation. And so my number number two sixty one, I'm looking at a September October time frame. And I've got to the point now where I'm starting to uh, I'm starting to pot watch. You know, I'm very very. Do you have like a calendar, like a physical paper calendar, and you, every day you write, draw an X I, on it? No, I'm not doing that. But but I, I am a little more hyper focused.
focused on just everything that's going on with the game and the production. And I'm spending uh, a lot more of my late night time, you know, after the family's gone to bed and everything, reading on Pinside and just catching up on all of the, the the spooky threads and what they're doing with uh, with Alice Cooper and in, in total nuclear annihilation and everything like that. So I've I've kind of like done a neo immersement into into everything that Charlie and Spooky and Scott Denise have got going on. So it's it's been a I think I've put it here in my notes. It's like it's been a browser based watch pot that I'm sitting here waiting That's to boil. Funny. Yeah, you know what but, I'm thinking of? What's that? How eternally grateful I would be to scott and charlie if in game 261 they put something special in the code so that at some point it would tell you scott's feelings on donkey kong you know something that (laughs) that right there that right there would be awesome you know why because it means they thought about me brent and that's all that i care about you know I, I don't know what I could do to ever repay them, but I'm yeah. just anyway. Okay, I, I'm just I'm going to leave that. I'm to just you. thinking aloud. I'm okay. just going to leave All that right. to you. Okay, <laughs> no, knowing such, I know Scott could peel out one <laughs> and, and Kong, throw it on there. The Donkey Kong patch, <laughs> <laughs> the DK patch for TNA. Yeah, oh. yeah. But uh, but anyway, I, so I've been talking with folks that that have uh, that have gotten their games and you know Brent I'm actually surprised there are three TNAs here in Louisville at this point in time that I know of and I've talked with uh, two folks that are that are um, private collectors that, that have theirs and uh, another gentleman that's got one actually uh, on location here in town and so it's you know it's actually been fun just kind of tracking the build of the games and where they're mm-hmm. at and how they come you know what each week kind of brings about and what they're shipping and people are posting on pin side it's like hey one showed up here hey one showed up here i mean it's almost like going geocaching with a six thousand dollar geocache <laughs> is what it's like it's like this was a really expensive way to play this game but it is really fun you know so anyway so so there is that so so tna uh you know i've bought a couple mods for it and everything just uh ready and waiting for it to go and um yeah it's it, it's I, I think the anticipation on it has actually been uh has actually been one of the funnest parts uh one one of the funnest parts of it so far the other thing i don't know how anticipation is fun but okay this this actually has been it really has um in the this other item that i've got for an update at least what i've got kind of in in the update portion for me here for this month is um is is something that that grace and i my daughter grace and i worked on and uh was able to finally find a solution to this do you remember us talking about pixel pals i do and i saw the show notes i was trying to remember it rings familiar but i don't know why so so what these are we'll have uh we'll have a link um in in the show notes and i'm gonna go back and, and search here real because quick. I, what, what the picture you have here episode 54 is the last time we talked about pixel pals okay okay this was back in april of 2017 we talked about the pixel pals okay so if you go in, i don't remember yesterday so okay fair enough i just went and i went and searched our one note mm. real quick for the term pixel pals and it, it went back to that particular episode it was found in this episode and that episode show note wise so there we go um the Pixel Pals are LED lights 
um, they're, they're, well, let's put it this way. They're LED lit versions of kind of supersized uh, video game characters. And so there's there's a Pixel Pal for, for Mario and okay. Link. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, Are they and, basically and Nintendo? Mega Man. No, no they, they've got other franchises other than Nintendo. So they've got Sega. So you can get a Pixel Pal for Sonic. You can get a Pixel Pal for um, Rocket the Raccoon and everything like that. And what they are, are the, they're, they're like these, I'll say five by five um little little lamps but they're made out of plastic and they're eight bit pixel art characters okay okay and so they are they look really really good i mean they they the quality of them is fantastic but what they do is they light up if you put two AAA batteries in them and flip the switch and turn them on and then they're backlit at that point and then they and I guess where you're going with this is is they don't have like it's battery only. There's not like a little jack. Where you that's can, exactly right. Okay. They're, they're two double uh, two triple. Of course, I'm reading ahead a little bit here. Now this yeah, is no. making more sense. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Where you're going? I yeah. got you. And so the, these are great. It from a decor standpoint in a game room and so you put them up put them on a shelf and you, you turn the lights on or you know turn each one of the pixel pals on they light up they they've got like this really nice kind of soft incandescent glow to them they're not they're not harshly lit like a like your typical leds are or what you would think of like a cool white led mm-hmm. or anything like that so they they've got a really nice glow to them and they're and they're just they're beautiful when i look at them they make me smile now the thing about it is, is in our console room down in the basement, Grace and I uh, been, have been down there playing games and stuff. And, and she was like, "Daddy, we need to light those Pixel Pals up." And I'm like, "You're right, Grace. We do need to do that. The only problem is you have to turn them off and on, in, you know, individually with each other because they're only battery operated." Well, that kind of sent me down a rat hole of looking on either eBay and or Amazon, and I found a device that solved my problem with the Pixel Pals. And this thing costs $22.49. And you know something? It's the best 23 bucks that I ever spent. All right? Because, the, it, because what this is, is a product called the Gerson, G-E-R-S-O-N, Gerson, and the model number on it is the 93974. And what the Gerson is, it is an AC to DC adapter that splits out. It has one master off and on switch, and then it splits out, and it it after it does the current conversion, then it will supply the DC current at, at 1.5 volts through a plug-in AAA battery, and then it supplies you with enough blanks so that you can put a blank AAA into the into let's say the other battery holder. Oh, I guess so this, the other battery actually this recess. this would be three volts, right? Because it's yeah, one point five volts a piece. Okay. okay, and so it'll it'll supply that what well, it it will supply the total of three volts or four and a half or how many oh, ever so it needs. Uh, it, okay, it, it'll step up and step down. But if it's only one battery, then it's one point. It'll supply one point five volts. If it if if it's one battery plus one of the pass throughs, then it's three volts and so on down the line. But the nice thing about this is, is that the the ribbon cable that feeds each one of the powered AAA batteries is so thin that you can put the powered battery in and then the pass-through battery in and then 
clip your battery cover right back on right back over the battery compartment on whatever it is you want to use and then you plug this into the wall and hit the switch and boom pixel pal lights up with no batteries in it at all and you run it off of you run it off of your your household ac and it looks like there's little individual switches so you could turn on the whole unit at this little distribution point or turn on one and three one and three that's exactly right if you wanted to do that so uh, that's pretty cool you got a collection of these you got them all up on a shelf that's and you just see bingo and that's exactly where i'm going yeah yeah it's it's really neat and so it it will power up to five um up to five devices at one time and uh i, I tried it uh th- I, it actually came in uh, yesterday and i tried it out today before i left the house and it works a treat so and the little is, pass-throughs really it looks like they got little a little, little button on the, or something on the side of the powered batteries do they snap in mm-hmm. yeah so i mean is that how it knows okay well you're you've enabled this for because that looks like there's a little wider ribber, ribbon cable than maybe just I'm trying to figure out how it knows. Okay, you've got one or six plugged yeah, in. I, I I don't know. So I, am I, I going to give 1.5 volts or three volts? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm not I'm not really sure. It just I, worked. It just worked. So yeah. It, and the bad part about it is there's no instructions. It it comes in a box and that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so you got what you got. Yeah. Okay. But, huh? but yeah, but I'll include the the link. Uh, you can purchase this off of Amazon. So and they're selling this with noted as for Pixel Pals, but I bet you. No, this wasn't noted for Pixel Pals. Oh, I'm sorry, I just, it wasn't. I just found it, and, oh, and it works. Okay. I yes. was going to say, I bet, though, that you could find it for anything. And if uh, Where I'm going with this is, if, if I was selling those, and I realized Pixel Pals were a thing, I think I might have a listing that specifically said Pixel Pals, yeah, so people it, could find yeah, it. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know something? It, it works wonderfully, and... Uh, yeah, I'm going to get our Pixel Pals up on the top of uh, one of our bookcases and get them all lit up, and they're going to be awesome. I'll probably even buy more of them now that I know that I can light them up. So, <laughs> yeah, they're really, really cool. But uh, I've got a couple more updates, but I'm going to save them for the news section because they're pretty topical. But okay. uh, outside of that, dude, um, yeah, hard work's all I know, Brent. So i just been working. That's it. <laughs> working in that, Pixel well, Pals. understand that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Whitney. Uh, before we slide into the tech and then the spend my money segment, I mentioned earlier that I had sat down with Paul Kiefert and James Laughlin of the Circus Maximus group and had an interview with them while I was at SFGE. So let's roll into that. Listen to Paul and James and what they've got going on with Kingpin and then eventually Python's Pinball Circus. And then we'll, you and I'll come back and gosh, I hate to do it, but we might as well. We'll no, no, you, we'll you chisel get it, my wallet. No, open. you get it. You get off easy this month. Oh, dude. do yeah, I? I couldn't find like hardly anything. Slow, oh, well, good. Slow, slow month for Brent's wallet. All right. Yeah. Well, then I'll just get the change out of my pocket. Exactly. Sweet. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, Winnie. Circus Maximus Group is a group. Yes. James Laughlin and Paul Kiefert. And you all have kind of got a new offering, for lack of a better term, which is Kingpin. Yeah, before we finish game one, we announce game two. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to do something, shake it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, don't do it like everybody else. I've heard a little of the story behind Kingpin. And for everyone's, so everyone knows, we're at uh, Southern Fried Game Room Expo. It's 2018. 
a little later Saturday evening, I'm sure you all probably told the story a million times and we're going to do it a million and one. What's the, what's the background on why you all decided to announce game two before game one? Okay. Yeah. So uh, the last time we talked to you, we were working on Pinball Circus, Python's Pinball yes, Circus. Yes, absolutely. And for those that aren't familiar with the game, it's a pinball machine that's in a more arcade, upright-style cabinet. Mm-hmm. And um, we built the first Whitewood. The first Whitewood's done and completed. Um, but it needs some significant revisions that we're going to take significant time and money. Um, and uh, Mark Ritchie, about maybe three years ago, kind of planted the seed. Four years, Four years ago. ago. 2014 at the expo, the expo, pre-expo dinner. Like the Pinball Expo in Chicago? Yes. Right. Okay. And he had, he heard what we were doing with Pinball Circus, and he's like, have you ever thought about doing Kingpin? And uh, if you do, I'm in. And so for the next two or three years, it was always kind of in the back of our mind, hey, you know, that would be a neat game to do. And for those not familiar with Kingpin, it was one of the games that Capcom did that was essentially completed, like Big Bang Bar, that never went into production. And it was designed by Mark Ritchie, artwork by Stan Fukuoka, and... Uh, it, it uh, it's kind of a legendary game. There's only nine. The, the game we are we have in our booth now is either game nine or ten that exists. So the, the ones that are out there today, they're the player samples or the samples. Yeah, they were the prototype games, and uh, the last ones that changed hands that we're aware of sold for sixty five thousand dollars. Oh, jeez. And um, so last year at Expo, we're talking October of twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Mark Ritchie there again, and James and I were pretty much delirious from lack of sleep at Expo. And so that's when you commit to things. Yeah, and on the drive home, where which also was in the middle of the night, so around <laughs> three like three a.m. in the morning or so, we decide that not only are we going to build Kingpin and do it before Circus. Um, but we're going to build it. This is, again, middle of October. We're going to bring it to the Texas Pinball Festival in March and uh, unveil it there. Now, you know, essentially three or four months-ish. Now, So did you have any pieces of the game at that point? Had you started to amass any pieces and parts, or was this just a 3A? We, we had a friend that had a game okay. that was willing to give us access to it. Um, and... Uh, and and he was willing to, to you know we went out there and spent two days with his game basically um, uh, a great awesome friend Steve Sabota who just without uh, his contributions we would not be where we're at now and his trust because this game again the last one sold for $65,000 we're over at his house and he decides to run out and get some supplies for dinner and when he comes back his uh, nearly priceless game is strewn in parts all across <laughs> his other nearly priceless games. Oh, <laughs> and of course, James and I are playing it up with. Oh, where'd this one go? Where did and all this, this kind of stuff? You know, did you take a picture of this assembly? Yeah, well, and we actually have photos. We showed it at uh, Texas during our talk, but photos of this disaster zone of, of parts oh, everywhere. Man. Um, but basically, at that point. Uh, Did you at least wax it for him when you had it? Yeah, we, sh- we were like a good Boy Scout. We left it better than we found okay. it. Okay. And, um, and at that point, James and I and Jimmy are uh, kind of the third ring of this, this three-ring circus. We got to play Kingpin, uh, a, a nice newly shopped Kingpin for the first time. Prior to that, we played three or four of them, and they, they all played different. Some of them were much more enjoyable to play than others. 
But after we shopped it, it was a game that we were like, we're making the right decision doing this game first. Well, one thing to, to inject there is the games that we played, none of them, including Steve's when we first played it before we took it apart, were 100% functional. They had issues, thumper bumpers not working or slingshot not working. So there was, we had yet to play a solid 100% clean kingpin before we put Steve's back together and played his. So do you all think that as much as, uh, I've got this game, there's seven to nine of these, maybe just eight, and I, I don't even want to take the glass off of it. Is that maybe the case, or was it just a collector thing, and it just sat there like a well, like a? You're talking. Are you talking about Steve's, or are you doing? No, no, in general, because you said you'd not play no, 100 one. In fact, people these, I think they, they were them. played, and they just Pinnacle had not been had completely maintained. Oh, okay, yeah. I got you. Uh, it, it's it's just from timing. You got to that, a game. Uh, I couldn't never... speak as to why they were not completely shopped out or, or up to speed. The well, ones at Pentagogo is... were being played throughout that wing. Oh, okay. Again. I got so, you. Again, they, they get Things wear happen. and tear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah, may yeah. not have been aware, aware of how it was supposed to play when properly uh, mm-hmm. fixed. And you know, If they they bought it from somebody else who bought it from somebody else, they may have just thought the game was always this way. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I actually just played a game on Ural's, I guess, is it fair to call that a sample game? It is, yeah. And it was it was a ball. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It is your typical, not typical, it's kind of your 90s feel. I mean, it, it was a fun game. A lot of cool shots, a little open in the lower portion of the play field, a lot of interesting shots in the back of the play field, but not so much going on that it's it's not overwhelming, and it just really interacts with you. I, mean, I had a really good time playing it. And the, the music in it's incredible. It's Chris Graner music, who's mm-hmm. pretty uh, familiar to most pinball collectors, and uh, uh, it's a typical Mark Ritchie-feeling game. So you had access to this one game. How did that translate into what's physically sitting in there? Because seeing one, touching one, taking a mic to one and measuring it is, you know, that's one thing. Building one is completely different. The next part to the story is why we put his game back together and we've played it. We go out to dinner and Steve kind of casually drops, you know, if I had an extra play field and cabinet, would that be useful to you? Mm-hmm. And uh, we knew that, that Steve intended to try and build the game take some airborne parts and try and build another kingpin with what he had and and he decided that he wasn't he wasn't going to get to it like he thought he would and if that those parts would help us he'd be willing to let us use those parts and so he had and when he says playfield it's a blank playfield non-populated just a blank works play, on it, but no parts yeah no parts was it even dimpled Yes. yes, it okay, was so drilled and dimpled. Okay, um, that's... and he supplied an NOS cabinet, the play field, and there was a couple other parts. Uh, the wire form, the two wire form ramps. Um, did Any he supply? There were some uh, one. Yeah, the parts. one, the one uh, uh, trough. And that was about it. Um, there's, there, we have a picture of the little box or the box of parts that he sent us. Mm-hmm. Significant enough, mm-hmm. but it was the catalyst, of course, that allowed us to start on December 29th. We, the first screw that got put onto that game was on December 29th of 2017, and that game was unveiled two and a half months later at Texas. Uh, without even a single gameplay on it because we didn't have time to play it. Oh, that's uh, amazing. And then we unveiled it, 
and people walked up and started playing it, and they've been playing it ever since. And that's not just the playfield; that's also the software, right? Because so right now, the version of the game we have in our booth is running the original 1996 uh, ROMs. Okay, all right. Um, and and so, but our the boards we use in our system are not Capcom boards. So we're using the P3 Rock system, same as uh, Houdini, Alice Cooper, TNA all use the same system. And so our, our uh, kind of programmer genius, Jimmy Liam, um, he wrote some bridge software between the emulation side and the P Rock side to handle that converting, you know, what the emulator thinks is Capcom boards into what the P gotcha. Rock system does. Because as I was playing it, I was I didn't realize that. I thought maybe like because on Pinball Circus, weren't you all working the software from the ground up? Because yes, you, you had no reference and and that first game used the Spooky system, the the Pinhex board. Okay. All um, right. And when we get back to Pinball Circus, it will be yeah. We're gonna, we're, we're jettisoning the the Spooky Benhex board. Gotcha. It, it's it's not a good fit. For, that makes, for what we're saying. Yeah, just the the framework, the 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 P3 support group, and all that, Jimmy. All of us kind of help each other out, and um, so it was just a. Uh, it allowed us that framework and that support allowed us to also finish this. That emulation was done in about three three and a half weeks. Oh wow! Jimmy just completely nailed it. And and so one of the, the parts we hadn't really talked about yet is what you played was the original code, but if you noticed, it had a big LCD screen on it, like yep. Alice Cooper or TNA Houdini. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we intend to give a game owner the opportunity when they turn the game on, do I want to play the original 1996 ROMs or do I want to play the new game? And the new game will have graphics just like TNA and Alice Cooper. Uh-oh, looks like we got some visitors. We got troublemakers here now. <laughs> and by troublemakers, we mean Marco. So, <laughs> I got have a tricorder, yes. It looks like a taser, but that's another story. Like, when I was playing it, I noticed that, which which is interesting to know, that just run the original software, because I was kind of amazed the dots looked great. Well, the equivalent to the dots on the LCD. Yep. And I thought, man, this thing is really... You all have had to. I thought you all had to reverse engineer all that, but that's all the original code. And then you're going to write, did I hear you correctly, a new version of the games, and you have an option. An updated version, way. yeah. So it'll be heavily influenced by the current uh, rules and all that, but we'll be able to expand on it and and have the full screen um, graphics that you would. Exp- if that game was built today, it would be built using that style of graphics on the screen. Cool. So, how did you all dive into some of the the mechs? Like, and I've only played the game once, and so I may have the shot. I'm sure I've got the shots wrong. But in the upper left, it looks like a slot machine. Is that? Yeah, that's uh, called the Hotel Lex. Okay. How did you did, did you all have to just engineer that mech from the ground up based on the measurements you took from the one machine? But that, and we also had a PDF printout or a PDF file of the original. CAD drawing of the play field so that allowed us a secondary source of measurement on that one is there anything that's the only thing that was supplied was the cylinder just the raw cylinder uh, everything else was yeah we we fabricated ourselves so it, it looks like a slot machine but when most people think of a slot machine they think of three independent mm-hmm. uh, wheels that spin 
Um, in, in the original version, it's a single cylinder and all three spin at the same rate. Gotcha. So, so you basically have, I think it's eight or nine different places it can stop on that slot machine. And the original one was a DC motor with an opto um, and some interrupters, and that's how. And, and even the original game has some quirkiness with that mech. But remember, too, all along, Mark Ritchie has been involved, and we have questions, and we, we can reach out to him and ask him, do you remember how this might have been done, or mm -hmm. all that, too. And so between the games, the access we've had to games, and um, the, the ability to look at some of the timing thing, we were able to get it relatively close to the way the original works. At this point, does it, I'm assuming that you're you're looking at, at production, right? And you're trying to measure oh, interest? Uh, you know, we'll probably I'm not announce, asking numbers, but I mean... We'll probably announce game three. No, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, right here, right now, game uh, three. <laughs> or game three is Bride of Pinball Circus. Okay. <laughs> but, no, the uh, baby... Baby, baby. No, the, the baby of the bride of the pinball circus. I was thinking King Circus. King Circus. King Circus. Queen Pin. Queen. <laughs> One of the best things that's happened at the show is uh, Steve Ritchie got to play his brother's game. So uh, I put oh, that's on, cool. on Facebook, I put the king plays King Pin. <laughs> that's and, awesome. Uh, but yeah, we're, so our intention is to go into production uh, late this year or early next year is is what we'd like to hope what we've kind of done we we are a little bit different than most of the recent pinball companies is we do not believe in taking pre-order money if it's something that we gain to profit from and all that we, it should be our risk to get the game mm -hmm. to production I understand that so um, instead we came up with an idea you know to make some translates and when i say we i mean james we wanted to try and figure out engage true interest in how many of these might be interested in, in people haven't made and so James just uh, kind of came up with this idea of let's sell a translate so people get merchandise in return of value mm -hmm. and along with that translate comes an option to buy a, a production game when those uh, when the, the games are made in, in uh, and and the numbered translates correlates to where the person has or what machine the person would have the option to purchase to it's clarify that, to if you yeah. if you got if you bought Translate number fifty, uh, that doesn't necessarily say game number, number 50, fifty, serial number fifty. That just means we've gone through numbers one through forty nine, and now fifty's up. Now that might mean game number forty is the one that you end up because with because maybe passed ten passed. Gotcha. But almost in total, everybody that has purchased Translate has said they are purchasing it with the intent of using that translate as, as the catalyst behind buying the corresponding Because uh, if we just pin. ask people to raise their hand, hey, how many people want a kingpin? You get a lot of people that raise their hand just with speculation. They're, mm -hmm. they're tire kickers. And what we need to know in order to come up with the full price and, and, and game plan is approximately how many of these they're interested for. And so, you know, Stern Translate's probably $100, $120 if you were to buy one. So our Translate's $150. There's only going to be 250 of them made. They're signed by the game designer, Mark Ritchie, and the game artist, Stan. And so it's a... Uh, you get something of value, and then you have that opportunity if you so choose to buy the game when when we get to production. So that I don't forget it at this late hour, I could go in there and buy one right now because you've yep. got them at the show. We have them at the show here. We've got forty or fifty. We got about left. fifty. Yeah, so we're we're approaching. We're about 
three or four from 200 sold. Okay. Uh, and again, there's only going to be 250. That doesn't mean we're only going to build 250 kingpins. It's just we decided that this would be a limited edition translate, and we're only going to make 250. We're not going to make another... Well. We're not going to make any more of these translates. Gotcha. Yeah. So if somebody that's listening to this in a week or so wants to buy one, where what's all the site information? So you just go to our website, which is circusmaximusgames.com, and you can purchase one there. Okay. And uh, we have them in stock, so they'll ship usually within yeah. two and days. We, had to, we actually temporarily cut the sales off on them because we came up with the idea of the translates right before the Texas show, and we had enough time to get 35 of them produced for the Texas show. And we really Paul, had no idea how quick they would sell. Paul decides to, you know, he, he pre-launches a online sale in conjunction with the Texas show. Well, they started essentially, essentially we, we, we sold and out. We only had 35 and in our hands. Now we are in a position where we've got to make these. It's going to take a couple of weeks. So we pulled the sales so that we could catch up. Now that we've caught up, now and we caught up in time for this show, now we've relaunched the sales of it. We didn't feel right still taking money for something when we haven't given the first people that ordered their, oh, their product yet. That. So, yeah, so we, had, we had to catch up to that. That's, I think, really the only reason that we still have some available. I don't even know if Paul is really actively put it out there uh, we've quietly announced that yeah. they're back but we wanted to make sure we had some here for the show uh which uh we still have i don't know how many we brought here but we still got a few of them left here but and we also made once you know, we made some enamel pins we have uh well real polo quick shirts and stuff. on the translate what talk about the the number one translate you and i we spoke a little bit the three of us spoke a little bit about that before and a little Work so well done with Project James and I couldn't agree at who was going to get the first game off yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no they, 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 the first translate, as any collector would observe, is, is the coveted number. Mm-hmm. Number one of anything is always the coveted number. The first game off the production line is going to be the most coveted game, of course. So we had talked to Dan uh, this was Bolar, Paul, yeah, of uh, uh, Project Pinball, and we decided that it would be a really cool idea to support his project by donating that number one, that coveted number one, to the Project Pinball. Mm-hmm. This was sort of Paul's idea. I have one every now and then. Kind of so, like me. And so I, we donated that to him. I'm just a figurehead. It's all Whitney. Whitney's the one that runs this show. Yeah. So we we <laughs> donated the number, the coveted number one, to them. And they auctioned it off today, or it the auction ended, ended a few hours ago, yeah. three hours ago. That's awesome. So it ended up, I believe, at $1,250. So the person, the high bidder, gets that translate, and we'll have the option for number one. Now, the person that bought number two translate has got to pray that the guy that bought number one translate doesn't <laughs> want that game, because then they will buy They'll it. They'll get game one. That's probably not going to yeah. happen. But uh, So that, that all, those, all those proceeds went, we... Uh, um, we even offered to ship it to whoever wanted. Yeah. We 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 wanted to support Dan and, and Project Pinball. And so it's really cool that uh, that's the number one item in his auction here at the show, uh, price wise by far. I believe I don't know what I think the topper for, for two forty the game. Yeah, two forty was about the next highest ticketed item. So that's really cool. Good for him. Yeah, Dan's got a great organization. Whitney and I have tried to support him wherever possible, mm-hmm. and you know tried to get 
some donations his way and you know we're more than happy when we go to shows that Dan can't make it to we'll take stuff so yeah support Project Pinball anybody out there you know check out their site one thing that's fairly new we just announced today is as I was making kingpin pins and pinbow pins and pinbow for those who don't know is what kind of one of our mascots it's an elephant with flippers for tusks and a uh, plug for the tail and he's holding a, a, a silver ball but we kind of came up with this idea of at Walt Disney World and Land, they do this pin trading and pin collecting. And we're, we're referring to lapel pins, not yeah, writing not, not pins. Not pin, mm-hmm. or pinball the, yeah, the they, games they're, themselves. They're lapel pins, the small one, one and a half enamel, inch yeah. enamel yeah. type. You wear them on lanyards, like for yeah, shows, yeah. that's what Paul's And so that's when I got a kingpin one, and we got a pinbow, and a few others. Well, we we can announce, and, and maybe if people weren't here, that you may be one that kind of uh, gets this out and, and breaks the news, but we have a Acquired the exclusive right from Bally Williams to make Bally Williams uh, gamed uh, branded pins, lapel pins. So, so like the through through Planetary, Planetary. we've okay. got well, we've we've signed up to be able to use the intellectual properties of Williams Bally on their games to make these lapel pins. So we'll be making a Wizard Blocks pin, a Bride of Pinbot mm-hmm. pin, yeah. things like that. So. I took a look at them and they're really cool. They're made very nice and then. Like you said, they're an enamel pin. It's just they're cut to shape, and then they're—I uh, guess—they pour the enamel in, or is it yeah, in? I can't recall. I've seen how it's done, but it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, they got a nice, bright finish to them. Real good detail. You know, I feel like I'm selling your your stuff here, but I guess I kind of am. They are pretty sweet. It's something. So. We also got the uh, new domain name pinballpins.com so we did so, we so were able to how score long that until one. you put this out because we got to get that website yeah, you got to get that website up let's we'll see so that's up to him <laughs> it'll, it'll be a couple weeks Whitney and I have to get together and record you got a little runway but right. not much get yeah. off yeah, get off and do what, what, do something come on Come on. Uh, I see the game. But it, they'll also be on the uh, Circus Maximus, Maximus Games web, yeah. website as well. So Gotcha. Either way. So do you all have a feel, and here's the million-dollar question. I know you've been asked a, probably a million times. Do you have a ballpark on the price of the game and a ballpark on when you think you'll go into production? And, well, and the, the, oh, the, well, the well, easy well, answer to that is no. No. Okay. The well, answer, answer, answer is, remember I said it, the last one sold for $65,000? Yeah. We're going to be less we'll be than less that. We'll be less than that. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> and that's eight. $64,999. We'll, we'll give a discount to the nah, yeah, number so, one guy. And, and that's fair because that's a hard question to answer. We know where we'd like to be. We, it's something that we don't like giving out dates. We don't like giving people, out numbers. We don't like giving out prices as far as absolutes because people go you said it would be done by x you said it would cost x and you said you were going to make x what we now we can tell you what we would like to do and this is simply what we would love to have happen we would love for that game to come in between seven and eight we would love that if we could get it less than that we would but that's that's sort of our target Mm -hmm. the number of games that is strictly going to be up to how many people want the games. Mm-hmm. We're not going to make a limited run. That doesn't mean that the first run we yeah, won't be limited as far as we'll build a 250 or 300 and then come back and build more if the market demands. If the market demands 1,000, we'll build 1,000. 2,000, that's where we want to go with it. As far as when, that's something that 
again, we'd love to tell you we'll have them in production tomorrow, but that's never going to happen. We would like to see it by the end of the year, but we're not making a guarantee on that because we're, we're, pinball is not as easy as no, most people well, uh, is it, think it is. Charlie at Spooky, I've heard, I think it's him I've heard him say, pinball's hard. And, it is. It uh, is. And anybody it, that's lifted a play field just trying to fix one understands that it's not a simple beast. And, and to be completely... Then build one. And it's even harder for two colorblind guys to build a game like <laughs> that. But that's a complete another story. The other, the other factor going into it is we, as far as startups go, we are, as far as I know, the only company recently that is a startup that is using our own money. And that money is also a determining factor of how quick we get it done. Mm-hmm. We do things to, to raise the funds, like the translates and things like that, but we are out of pocket on everything. And it is a very costly endeavor to develop a pinball machine, even one that was already on the design table. It's, it's not an easy thing, but we're not going to sacrifice the integrity of our business model in that we, will, you know, we are not going to take people's money just to speed up the process. If it ends up taking another six months to build it, using our money, we'll go that route. Uh, it should be our risk for us to launch yeah. this. If we're the ones making the profit, we're the ones that have to put the risk up. I was in the ramp business for 14 years, and not one time did I take a pre-order for a single ramp or a product. Uh, I've always felt like I'm the one that takes the risk, not the customer. The customer should never be at risk. And that's the way... Jimmy Paul and, and I and all of us. We, we all agree on that, and that's one of the reasons that, uh, you know, I, I feel like we're, we make a good team. So we can't stress that enough, especially with the amount of stuff that's been going on in the pinball community. And we've seen friends literally get robbed of their money by people that probably had good intentions but just didn't have good business minds. Mm-hmm. And it's something, and, and it's a trap. When you're when you're doing the prepay, you're honestly, it's almost a little bit, honestly, of, of a bet. Yeah, kind of like that slot a, machine in our game. Yeah, it's a gamble. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, there again, it, who who's taking the risk? The customer is taking a risk instead of the company. And, and the customer, the customer not is not going to. The risk. customer, they get a payoff in the product that they're paying for, but they're not getting a profit. Uh, in so much as they get a piece of, of merchandise for what they're paying for, but it's, the company is making the profit. Who should take the risk? The it's, company, it's that really makes perfect sense. I understand and, that. And awesome. To not run us much longer, because it's getting kind of late around here. James Let's, likes to make a short story long, by the way. <laughs> hey, so. Well, I've also been told that I, I'm, uh, I'm gifted with word myself, so I understand. I mean, our shows can be like six and eight hours long. How how does all this play forward? Let's touch on Pinball Circus real quick. Mm-hmm. So where's that going and but the pinball how's circus, that tie-in? The tie-in to that is, going back to the financing part of it, we spent a ton of money on circus. We developed the first white wood for it. We realized that there's significant changes that need to be made, not a tear it all up and start all over, but significant changes that's going to require significant amount of resources. Kingpin is a game that is a shorter route to production. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to take whatever proceeds come in off Kingpin and go in and put those back into the circus and get it finished. 
And that's the ultimate goal. Because remember, Circus Maximus was founded by Python in order to bring Python's Pinball Circus, his vision of the greatest pinball on earth, to fruition and to production. That's our ultimate goal. That's what drives us. And we consider Kingpin the way to help us deliver on that promise. And that was really the main catalyst or the main um, factor in switching from one to the other. Uh, if, if we had continued, I would say if we continued with Circus, the amount of time that it would have taken to get the resources to finish it off and get it finished off and get it into production on its own would take another five years. Kingpin, we can get into production hopefully, get it done, get the resources, and it speeds up the process of, of Circus. So it's not that we're delaying circus, it's actually, we hope that doing Kingpin will speed up the process of getting circus done. So that's uh, that's we, how the two tie We in. think Python would understand the reasons of us switching to that for now. It, it, or he would be going, no, 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 you're doing it yeah. wrong. <laughs> one of the two, yeah. He's, uh, so, I mean, it, it's, it's ultimately what, what we believe it will take to do what we initially set out. Guys, have I missed anything? Is there anything else you all want to bring up? I know we've... We've covered where you're at and where you're going, and then some of the things to help you along the way, everything from the translites to the pins to why we're, you're, you know, we, why you all are doing kingpin first. Yeah, we haven't it, talked about the, the, the snazzy polos, which I kind of like. But yeah, that, that's another thing, the, <laughs> uh, the polo shirts, the t-shirts, everything that we do. Uh, Charlie also, it's spooky getting back to him. Uh, he he also, immensely, yeah, yeah, he, part of his funding sourcing of, of his projects is the same thing the bling the merchandising mm -hmm. that's sense, that's yeah. the way to raise money uh, you're, you're giving or you're selling a product and you're raising funds to, to get your projects done uh, we're taking him one step further and taking absolutely no deposits on the game but strictly doing it through merchandising and uh, hey, uh, selling selling blood at the blood banks alright sorry and uh, Ran Paul random, sells question, other random question in the hallway. <laughs> Apparently, I look like I know nothing. Like you just got cued for something. <laughs> he didn't no, even James, just James just passed the torch to you, Paul. What's so yeah. What was the torch passed for? <laughs> well, nothing. Uh, I just said selling blood and you sell other things. Uh, Apparently, you're donating a kidney or something. Yeah, my left toe. Your Somebody left toe. needed yeah, a left you don't toe. Need that. You've got one just like on the right. It'll be all right. But the like key I is. <laughs> It's I a played, family show here, Jay. Yes. So, I, like I said, I played the game. I thought it was an awesome game. I really enjoyed it. I'd, I'd heard a little bit about it uh, on another show you were on, like running through actually, you know, what you're doing in the game, what the goal of the game is. It has some unique features, like the, the way the flippers power themselves so out. Capcom so, was one of the first, if not the first, to be able to individually control the power of the flippers through computer control. Mm -hmm. And initially, Kingpin was intended to be a timed game, not a three-ball game. It was as long as you keep hitting shots and doing what you need to do to advance in the game, you would keep playing. And if you started missing shots and your power level went down, your ball would drain and the game would be over. Uh, but... Uh, the people didn't understand that so what they did is they went back to a traditional three ball game and if you've completed the modes you get power on your power meter mm -hmm. and you get okay. a bonus ball at the end and the more modes you've completed the longer your power meter is to complete the task so your bonus ball you might have 10 seconds to complete four shots and if you don't 
complete those shots in four seconds, your uh, flippers start to get weaker and weaker and weaker until you can't reach any of your shots in the ball drains. So I played a two-player game, and I won the two-player game. D does the winner get the bonus ball? No, it's all individual. Uh, okay. So yeah. it's whatever whatever yeah. modes you've completed individually qualify you for that. The gentleman and I, we were just kind of chatting, so I actually ended up playing the bonus ball, so I got to experience that. And it was kind of fun. It was kind of like a, a, a hurry-up mode with – a little bit extra behind it. You did. You just didn't have like the game barking at you. Hurry up or f hit the shot, flash it in account. You could feel those flippers losing power, and it it was an interesting experience. It was really cool. When they had it out on test location, they actually had issues with it because the players would complain to the location that the game was <laughs> broken, and so they'd call up Capcom, "Hey, your game's broken. Your flippers are going bad." We get some of that now. They'll walk away from the game. Yeah. You know, your flippers are getting weak. Yeah, you know, <laughs> which people complain about at shows, anyways, because of the low uh, low voltage. Oh yeah, the, with all the games. Yep. But in, in our case, it's meant to be that way. It's just. It's going to require a little bit of education through some software tweaks and things like that for people to understand that that's supposed to happen. Or even that they get that bonus ball. They may walk away and think it's the next player's up, but it's really their bonus ball. All right, gentlemen. Well, I appreciate the time. Is there any, again, is there anything else you all want to touch on, cover, plug, talk about? I think about, we're planning sell? to go to Chicago for whatever show, maybe yeah, it's our Rob Burke show. We, we're, we're not doing the, uh, the show circuit because we need to spend time and resources on developing and finishing a game. Every but show we, we go doing, to costs us a week yeah. of game time, time oh, right? Yeah. So, yep. And so We're, we got two show, more on the schedule. Yeah, Chicago, uh, the new improved Chicago Expo, and then the show Free, Free Play, Play Florida. in Florida. Okay. Right. So if those anybody wants to stop and play to. the game, yeah. we'll de we should be at both of those. Rob's for lack of a better Burke. term, reincarnation, Rob Burke's reincarnation of Pinbox Chicago. I, I, I look at it as Rob's continuation. Continuation. Of, yeah. Is it at the same – well, uh, yeah. it, okay, say – Same play Florida same dates, and Pinball Expo, yeah. folks can easily find mm – -hmm. you know, I don't remember the website's 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday after a weekend of the show. But, but the, we can the, find the, We'll the, have it in the show the notes. The pinballexpo.com is uh, – Oh, okay. Yeah, that one's easy and to remember. for anybody that wants updates on our projects – if you go to our website, circusmaximusgames.com, you can join the mailing list there. And so far, about one, well, less than once a month. Our plan is once a month to kind of send out, hey, here's what we've done, here's where we're going. Um, so if you'd like updates on that, come join the mailing list. And you're all on Facebook too, Circus Maximus. Yes. Yep. yep. I'm on that page. Check it out because I know you'll post pictures of whoever does your else Facebook from time to time, little interesting things that you all have got going on. I think you all might have even had a few little teasers little bits of the kingpin art when this process started. So. Yeah, that was Paul. He, yeah, he it was a, the out. worst cup secret in pinball when we were working <laughs> on this game. So, Well, gentlemen, I appreciate it. Thank you. And Enjoy. we'll stay in touch so Thank we can, you. you know, keep keep up with the games and, you know, we'll have you on the show again. You know, just keep going with the process. Sounds Thank good. you all. Thanks a lot. Thanks. So Brent, it looks like um, we've got a, a very, very light uh, spin Brent's money segment this month. Thank and you. It, you know, it, it pained me as I was looking for things <laughs> you to burn pained. your money on. Well, oh yeah. Why do you think earlier in the show I had you crawling all around all over yeah, the floor? That, and if that was pain, getting into con contorted moves, yeah. And, uh, just to try to get in, you know, Wendy's like, oh, free gift somewhere. I'll get in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if you've ever watched SpongeBob, but it's one of mine and Grace's favorite cartoons of all time. You and I have had, have had 
several SpongeBob conversations, yes. and I always walk away thinking I need to go watch. SpongeBob. Oh, it, it, it is by far just it, nothing short of awesomely brilliant, hilarious, and um, if I could mash those three terms together. So, anyway, there's a ride down in Bikini Bottom at one of the theme parks called the Fiery Fist of Pain, and I felt <laughs> like I felt like I had just been rung through the Fiery Fist of Pain. Well, I right tell there. you it. It made, I'm sure, for terrible podcasting. Yeah. You're trying to describe what you were doing. Yeah. But as you did it, it 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 was all worth it for me. It's all good, man. It's it's worth all good. It. You know, we we uh, got to be a team player here, dude. Got to be a team player. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. Getting into the the whole spending your money and uh, the I'm sure the the short cycle that that one will be. Although it is actually a, a very neat item. Uh, we do have a tech segment, and it looks like, Brent, you have got some experience uh, this past month with uh, a buck converter. And I, I was reading through, the, reading through the show notes, and I'm like, yeah, I can totally see the utility of this. So why don't you tell everybody what you used it on and, and how, it, it? how it came. Yeah, what it is, what you used on, and, and how it came to be uh, a value. So a buck converter is, for lack of a better term, a generic electrical engineering term for changing a voltage down all right just in the simplest form and then they then you'll have a circuit that's a boost converter that does the opposite if you need to raise a voltage from a source so where i've used buck converters is here recently i had to set up i, I set up i didn't have to like someone wasn't here with a baseball bat saying do it Brent. <laughs> You will do this or you will play Donkey Kong. Uh, oh, you poor, I, you poor thing. You poor I, thing. I, I can imagine the, anything the, worse. The, the punishment definitely would fit the crime, wouldn't it? So I had I had to. Here I go again. I was setting up uh, an Atari board, a millipede board on my bench. If, if you've looked at the pinout for a lot of your classic Ataris, they don't use just the standard air quote standard five volt minus five twelve there's usually a couple wonky voltages in there generally a 10 something like i, I know 10 3 and i want to say in the back of my mind i've seen like 10 dot one you know 10.1 volts on why some boards why do you think that is just I, it just speculation i guess it just seems atari did their own just thing seems odd. i i don't know and, and you know and i guess that just gets back to it's a sign of the times and the days when they actually engineered everything yeah. And I, that's to me, that's that's what I read into a lot of that. Well, if you look at like their power supply, their AR board, it, it's basically the power supply, but it's known as the audio regulator is the regular part because they're regulating uh, uh, current voltage and all that for, you know, for the power supply side. What are they doing? Yeah. Is the audio, is it AR audio because it's also the sound amp? Yeah. I mean, none of your classic Atari boards have anything have uh, a, a sound amplifier on board yeah. they pump it back to the ar and then there's a re uh, uh, an amp side that then you know runs back up into the cabinet to the speaker and it's just i don't know maybe it made sense to them i have I've often wondered kind of why they why they did what they did seemingly reinvented sort of a wheel you yeah. know yeah. in my mind's eye when you look at your your arcade games leading into the big boom the the standout to me of the more common games is like your pac-man and your before that you had help me here whitney a galaxian mm -hmm. very similar hardware mm -hmm. and they took alternating current 
right out of a transformer, shipped it right up to the, board, to the board, straight to the board. Yeah, and they they created their own DC voltages right there on the corner of the board. <laughs> yeah, you know that that was the power supply. It was on the board. Yeah, and then real quick you got away from that and you started to have a separate board that created your DC voltages. Yeah, and that's kind of what you've got here. But then why did they decide to put the audio amp on it? I don't. <laughs> I don't and then I don't why? It, why did Nintendo put the audio amp on a monitor? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, then, it's you can ask yourself why the same question. It's like, why? Why the, the odd voltages? Yeah. You know? why, why the odd voltages? And, and honestly, I, I have, any Ataris I've, I've fixed, I have plugged into a cabinet. I've been fortunate to be able to do that. And I'm fast, fast approaching the, the point in my life where I'm tired of sitting cross-legged behind a cabinet with a board on a box. Amen. So I can that. power the board yes. that has got some kind of unique yes. power scheme like uh-huh, this. Uh-huh. And, and I'm starting to think more about, look more toward how to mock this stuff up on a bench. Uh, you, which you dag on right. Which brings me to this millipede board. Yep. So I needed the 10-3 because that is required for the reset circuit. Uh, it wasn't some weird voltage like, uh, uh, I say weird, like an Atari, like Atari. Here I go again. Uh, Nintendo, you mentioned Nintendo. I think they, they take a 24 volt DC, and, and, but that's for the coin meter circuit or it's, something. It's for the coin mech. And, uh, no, the coin, yeah. the, coin, the, uh, the play counter, the coin meter. Uh, the service switch and the play counter. Yes, that is correct. The play counter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I was sitting there thinking of the coin door and I said mech. But yeah, it's it's actually the play counter and the service switch that sits. It, it's on like its own little little sub-assembly right. that bolts right, right into the coin, right on the coin, the coin door. door. Yep. So you don't need that to run the board. No, the game, the game will run fine without yeah, it. You don't need yeah. it. So you could set that up on a bench. I've mm-hmm. done uh, Nintendo boards like that. I keep wanting to say Atari instead of Nintendo because I'm talking about Atari and yeah. I'm looking at my centipede. Yeah. Uh, but you have to have the reset circuit functioning, which needs this 10.3 volt to boot the board. So I had to come up with it. How am I going to do that on a bench? And there's a myriad of ways I, I've, I've talked to some buddies and they've kind of big hammered it by running a string of diodes because you're going to get a little, you're going to get a little volt drop as you pass through a diode to kind of get close to it. And I don't honestly, I don't know what the tolerance is. I don't know if it, I don't know why it's 0.3. I mean, can it be 11? I don't know how, how I'm not looked into it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, why? So I was sitting there staring at it. I was like, I got to set this. I got to get this thing set up. I'm not going to either. I can't remember if it's a plug plug compatible, at least power and video wise into that centipede cabinet, or I wasn't going to wheel my millipede cabinet in here. And then it occurred to me, I have a, an envelope a shipping mailer full of these little buck converters. Okay. And I'd originally gotten the, gotten one when I was putting the cartoon theater together a couple summers back, getting ready for a little arcade expo. What I did with it was the, I had a little plug on UPS for the, the I am terrible with names tonight, Whitney, worse than usual. For the Raspberry Pi, okay? Uh-huh. I saw, I, I'm getting that William Shatner kind of cadence. <laughs> Scotty, uh-huh. I need warp. Um, he's still the best captain. Uh, sorry, James. Harry. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I, I needed... So I had this little module plugged on the Raspberry Pi, and it, it, 
it basically there was a little driver that went into the re- into the the uh, OS and it would shut the pie down correctly on a power power failure. Okay, so it had input that was this pack of AA batteries and there's a whole long story with it. So anyway, I ended up putting a 12 volt dry cell, a small 12 volt dry cell, like you'd see in an alarm or a, uh, a trail cam or something like that in the bottom of the cartoon theater. But it was, it needed to be less than 12 volts. So I big hammered it and I just said, okay, I'll get a buck converter. And I ordered off eBay, just this generic little buck converter. And these things are, are, are inexpensive. I actually will have... I mean, a, relatively, they're eight bucks. Well, that's eight bucks for five. Oh. Yeah, it's not eight bucks each. That's eight bucks for five. Oh. So they're... Oh. You know, a buck and a, some change a piece. Oh, a little, that is nice. little PCB. It's got the, the voltage regulator on yeah. it. It's got a pot on it to do your... To do the voltage uh, to, adjustment. To do the adjustment. Yeah. And the ones that I have, they... Let's see, I got the little spec sheet down here. And I've got links to the auction two auctions. I'll throw them in the show notes so that when you see it, you, you then you can just do buck converter in eBay. If you decide you want some of these and you can figure out who you want, who you want to buy them from and what size pack you want to buy them from. But it's one of those deals where somebody designed it and you know, they're probably mass produced. I'm sure they're mass produced in China and then different uh, businesses are buying them in bulk. And that's why you're, that's why I got a whole mailer in there. You know, I was looking for one, and these these things are maybe an inch by two inches. They're oh, tiny. That, that's cool. They're yeah. tiny. Yeah. Everything you need, it's all done. It's got an in and out. You saw your leads on it. The the model that I've got, which is the one I see floating around on eBay all the time, it, they have an input voltage from 3.2 volts up to 40 volts. They'll handle uh, three amps of current. And you can adjust the output voltage from one and a quarter volts to 30, 35 volts. That's your output range of yeah, adjustment. Of course, yeah. your in has to be higher than your out. So you need to be in a situation where you've got a power source that's got a higher voltage than what you need. And then, you know, I just hook it up to the source, put a meter on the output side, and then just dial the little pot until I get what I want. And she's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I used it in the cartoon theater because I wanted to put a bigger battery on it and it needed it was a 12 volt battery and the input to this little board was less than 12 volt i don't even remember what it was and so that's what i used in between to adjust my voltage down off my battery i even used one here recently i made up a prop for a play my niece was involved in i made a thing hand for adam's family and i made it out of an rc car and i i put a uh this plastic storage tote real small that just fit the car with little wheel wells cut out all blacked out to obscure the car and i i did a uh, i looked at a couple inexpensive modern like cars at at a big box of stores and i actually ended up just using uh, a tamiya frog like from the 80s and i lowered it dropped the suspension down and it, it 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 was much higher quality than anything i could pick up unless I went and bought a brand new hobby quality car and I was going to modify this thing. So I had a, I had a, this chat anyway, but my sister had this hand thing that was like close enough to be thing, but not so close where it was a lawsuit and you push a button on it and it would walk. (laughs) Yeah. So it ran off. I think it was three double a batteries. So that would be four and a half volts. Correct. Well, the battery in the car is seven and some change. 
what I ended up doing is I also put a buck converter in it to power the hand. And then I could put a, I put a switch off the third channel of the radio so that the tech at the show could push a button on the radio and thing would start moving his fingers and he could run him around the stage. I used a buck converter to do that. Knock okay. my voltages down. I used it for this Atari millipede. All right. I took 12 volt off a switching power supply, took a little fork of that off through a buck converter, dialed that sucker down to 10.3, ran it into the right pins on the board, board booted up just fine. Well, yeah, booted up awesome. to booted up to recreate the problem yeah, I'm, try, I, yeah. I'm trying to fix. Yeah. So No, I understood. That's problem solved. Problem solved. Yeah. And, and like I said, where this this all started with a cartoon theater. So, I've used 3 out of the envelope. I don't know how many I ordered, 8 or 10 or 12, whatever it was. It was one of those deals where you, the more you buy, the cheaper they get. And you're like, well, another dollar, I get 14 more. So, okay, here's an, oh, well, another dollar and I get 20 more. It's not that crazy, but it's darn close to it. Yeah. So I've got an envelope full of them in there. Yeah. And they, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I have a use for this. So I'll go pull it out and, you know, solder it in circuit and, and set my output voltage and I'm done. I just yeah. forget it. It just yeah. works. But so, yeah, I, I don't know how that'll come up with anybody, whether you're doing some kind of mod, maybe in a pin or you're wanting to put an LED topper on a video game or a pinball machine or something. And you got one voltage and you need something a little lower. These things are cheap and they just work. And that you know, is awesome. Yeah. You, you Like I said, it comes with just little holes in it. You put your leads in it, solder it in. You could, Honestly, you could put a little uh, little rat tail off of it with a, a Molex connector and make it so you can clip it in and out. And they're great for little projects, and they are dirt cheap. So check the show notes again. There's a couple auctions in there. I don't know how long they'll live. So if you listen to this in 2018 or, or excuse me, 2019 or 2020 or heck for all I know, December of 2018, they may be gone. But uh, just go to eBay and put in buck converter and I'm sure you'll find it there. Everyone I've seen, the PCBs are silk screened. Uh, excuse me, the solder mask is blue. Yeah, that, that's what they look like in the pictures. Too. Yeah. So, yeah, no, and, that's that's great. So there is my little tech tip. If you are in a situation where you, you need a, a specific voltage and you need you need to work down from a greater voltage, how to get there pretty quick. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is handy and it doesn't cost hardly any money at all. So that's pretty sweet. So, and like I say, I've got, I just have them laying, I literally have them laying around. And it's one of those things where it's, you, you didn't realize how helpful it was until you're faced with a situation where uh, it's helpful. Yeah, it's so, where anyway. it's helpful. Yeah, well, in this next one, Brent, um, on, on in the spend your money segment, it, it, I feel kind of bad because now what we're talking about costs either $30 or $35. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know that it's, I mean, it definitely has utility, but I don't know that it has the engineering and utility of the buck converter, you know, because somebody, somebody somewhere had to had to engineer out the buck converter. Yeah, and had, it, had to design that little circuit, had that to little design PCB that circuit and, and, and everything. And it's like, wow, for the money they're charging for that, that's that's crazy. But not to not to throw shade at anything that that's going to spend your money. But here in the arcade scene, we all know that, uh, dude, this is an expensive hobby to be in, and most everything costs costs cash. And so, uh, this is an accessory, Brent, uh, for the one and only for this month. This is an accessory to the. Uh, to just the undeniably fantastic Crafty Mac 
TPG uh, test pattern generator. And what this is, is this is a monitor extension harness for a Naneo. I hope I said that right. Uh, Naneo, maybe that's the better way to say it. I don't know. I don't have any of these monitors. But N-A-N-A-O. Yeah. And I've seen it a million times. Honestly, I've never tried to pronounce it. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it in print a hundred times. And what goes through in my mind is wrong because I always think Nano. Nano. And that's I'm leaving out the last A. Exactly. And when I look at it, my mind says, nano even though it's like naneo or, mm-hmm. or something along those lines but this is for the ms8 series monitor and apparently uh these are these monitors are they're they're a large uh, they're a large tube monitor, like a 25-inch monitor, mm-hmm. and they're used in, um, let's say, more recent games, like late 80s, early 90s games. And so I don't have any experience with these monitors at all. I just saw it as something kind of cool to have in the toolbox in case you were to ever come across one and need it. Um, and, you know, they're color-coded, and it's uh, it's just good accessory for the for the TPG. So, so it looks like the end of it, the, the one end, it looks like your standard 156 pitch Molex connectors. Connector, and I'm assuming yeah. that's what goes into the TPG because of the header. Yep, that's right. And the other end is a different connector. Is it like a well, it what says is that? Well, you actually get either an extension, it, you get two. You get an extension wire that's either five or ten feet, and then um, and then the other wire it looks like is um, you get an, uh, an extension to use in conjunction with the chassis' original primary video connection. Okay, so, and that so, must be with that other connector or that, something bingo. to fit whatever. Yeah. I'm just not familiar with this monitor. No, but. and see, and neither am I. So I, I had to look at this, and it's like, oh, so you get something that comes off of the chassis, and then you get something that comes off of the, that plugs into the TPG itself. So it's actually two wires or two harnesses that connect together. That, that mate the TPG to the chassis of the monitor itself. Okay. So that that's how I understand this. But uh, we'll have pictures in, again, Brent, for either 30 or 35 bucks, depending upon whether you want a five foot or a 10 foot harness. I mean, that's, I, mean, I don't know, Brent, we've sneezed and lost more than $35. So <laughs> you're not you sitting know. there crimping, crimping wires either. Bingo. And sometimes and it's, it's nice just to say, yeah, I'll just take that. Well, yeah, I, I like spend having, your time elsewhere. Yeah. I, I mean, I like having stuff in the toolbox that, that enables you to get on down the, to, to continue to get on down the road. And I mean, I have no games that use this monitor that I'm aware of, and I don't think this is a buy for me in any way, shape or form, but I, I do think it's, I do think it's neat that they're color coding it for the TPG and, that the TPG has kind of created this whole little uh, semi-semi small cottage industry around harnesses and stuff like that. It's, yeah, I have it, to, it is, I have to look neat. up one of these. I, I if I've seen one, I didn't realize it. Like yeah. I would had my head in a game somewhere, and I just didn't. I had no reason to pay attention to the monitor. Yeah, that connector, I, just from the picture, it looks like the opposite end of it. it's a bigger, like a Dado ninety three, like a bigger. It's it's Molec, big. You know, it, it is. it's just. It's, Interesting. It's, okay, it is. It's huge. So, I, again, I've I've never run across it, so I don't really. Well, I tell you this: the the TPG has helped me and saved so much time for me that I don't even 
I, I don't even know where to start. You know, I, yeah. I, I've obviously had diarrhea of the mouth and then uh, uh, turned right around, had a loss for words in this, yeah. this show all yeah. at the same time. Uh, I, so I, I, I'm at a literal loss for words for how much time and trouble and effort it has saved me. Oh, it, it's, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. It'd be one of those deals where if I was working on this type of monitor. <laughs> I'd have bought this yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it just to be able to plug it in and then do with that type of monitor what I've used the TPG for yeah. on the other, you know, your standard wells and with your standard pinouts just to take everything else out of the equation and run a good, clean signal to it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You just can't. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, I know you, you can't really put a price tag on that, but unfortunately, uh, but fortunately, rather, fortunately, this guy has, and it's thirty or thirty-five bucks. So, <laughs> th- so there you go. But uh, that's it, Brent. I mean, kind of a honestly, dude, it's kind of a poor showing. Oh for wait a minute, now I'm scrolling money. down and seeing. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Where you've got the. The, you've got the the bit that hangs off the monitor itself, and it's yes. got like like an inline header. It does. That's actually smaller. It looks smaller than the one that like the one fifty six we're all used to. And then there's the break point that's that bigger like that, that big, zero ninety three. Yeah, it, oh. it, it, to where they plug together. I got you yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, you're actually looking but at still, two that, different cables. The, the monitor end of it's still jacked up, nonetheless. It's it, just it different. It's, yeah. cu- it's custom to that. Well, I don't know that it's custom. It's just different to that monitor. So that's probably the better way to say that. So yeah, again, Brent, kind of a poor showing for spending your money this month. But, you know, it's... Um, I just, again, I, you know, I, I go out and I survey and I just didn't find much going on this month. I mean, I, I could have posted back where they, where we're doing, I don't know, more runs of the take man panels and stuff like that. But, but honestly, if we've already covered all that stuff and if, and if you want to, uh, if you want to see that, you can search back through the notes and find it on Clav easy enough because the, the threads fire right back up and, and there you go. So have you ever updated the firmware in your test pattern generator? No, I have not. Have you? No, I have not. Yeah. I, and I know I'm behind because I see other people post on Facebook and they've got firmware that's like two revisions later than well, me. Well, I think the when we got them, I think ours is 1.0. Uh, yes, it definitely and, is. And it works fine. Yeah. But the newer stuff, I, I, it's like new features, like different patterns. Different and patterns. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, different patterns and um and I think there's well, I don't know. I don't want to comment on what I don't want to comment on speculation, but I know I do know that there is additional patterns that yeah, have been added in. To update it, you need to you, you can do it through an EEPROM programmer, right? You can, yes. And with a yeah. pin with a pin harness. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've I've never looked at doing it. So. Well, again, I've got ninety nine problems, and that's not one of them. And so my TPG is always fired up and work just great for me, and yeah. I just keep on going. Good point. I'm kind of not in a. I mean, it works. Why poke at it? <laughs> that's that's just it. Why why potentially fry my TPG when it works so perfectly? Yeah, you know? good point. Good point. Yeah, exactly. Now, Brent, uh, here here at the uh, at the tail end of the show, we've got news and feedback, and um, there there's a couple here that I wanted to run through and. I will say, Brent, I did put um, well, geez, out of the four out of the four items, I put three in that were of direct interest to me. So I do apologize. <laughs> I do apologize for that up front. But um, well, I see some console stuff. Oh in yeah, here and too. I've been I've been consoling on on the brain, man. And oh. so so uh, friend of the show, Jim, friend of the show, Jim Hale and I have been burning Facebook Messenger up talking about talking about Atari stuff. So it's uh, it's been it's been near and dear. But this first piece of news, Brent, uh, comes out of the the world of Stern pinball uh this month and even though the <clears throat> supreme uh branded pinball machine was first 
uh, I, I guess from a news perspective, first broke back in February of 2018. It's now started to hit the market. And Brent, I, you know, I've got a couple pictures in the show notes, and I'll I'll, I'll put them in. Uh, I'm sorry, in our notes, but I'll put them in the show notes for the episode. But Brent, this thing, this Supreme, it's called the Supreme X. The, the this Supreme X has launched in. For fa- for fans of the Supreme product line, what is Supreme? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I truly do not know. I, I well, let's put it this way: I have no association with it. I have no prior history of it. But apparently, it is a branding company uh, up in New York that puts their logo or puts their brand on practically everything. So you can buy like Supreme surfboards, Supreme skateboards, you like Supreme so, just they're, they're they're almost like a rebranding, a company that rebrands stuff. So is the when they rebrand other things is it like what has gone on with the Stern Pinball which is they come to you and say, "Whitney, I want to buy your surfboard." And I'm just gonna put put our stuff on right. it, right? Put our logo on it. That's how I understand it. But Brent, I can't afford their product. That's yeah, the, the issue. I, the, I because, understand this even less yeah, now. Yeah, I, I know, and, and that's why it's like confusing. But Brent, the open market has driven the cost of a new inbox Stern pinball machine, Supreme branded, up north of forty five thousand dollars. Jeez. And that is that is how fanatical these fans of the Supreme product line are. And, and I mean, it's so, it's cra- it's so cra- let me it's let me just crazy. for for anybody. Now, I didn't understand that whole Supreme part. Honestly, I didn't understand that it was a brand. It was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let me describe what I'm looking at in terms of the pinball. All right. Because honestly, you're not looking at much. No, I'm not looking at anything. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have taken this uh, unless, honestly, unless it was kind of given to me in its original incarnation, which was the same layout as as the Spider-Man Home Edition Home game. Home Edition, yes. And I think the Home Edition games they had like this stunted head. It wasn't the full height head. Didn't they have like this triangulary type head? Yeah, it was more of a rectangle laid over on its side. Okay. It, yes, yes, exactly. It was stunted in height and it was wider than normal. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't, it 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 had uh, real pinball parts, but it wasn't... Some real it, pinball parts. Yeah, it, it, it was a reduced play field. It was, I, I think back to... The, you know, when pinball had a craze in like the seventies and you had those really simple home use games, I think maybe even Bally made one, like a version of fireball or something. And I think they, Williams made some too. Didn't did they? They, they, they were like they, plastic they, or something. The ones I'm thinking of were at least wood. Oh, okay. You know, okay. but so, so basically you've got this, you've got this play field design that was really pared down for a low dollar, low cost game that, they did it. A, I think they even had two releases of it. It seems like they did a Batman game that was even still that same play field. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I know they did a Transformers. One. That's it. It was yeah. Transformers. Transformers. It was Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. So they took this play field and it looks like the head from an early spike because it's got the, the DMD. And then the speaker grill, and I'm sitting here looking at this picture on my laptop, and my and it eyes looks are, like my ghost. It looks like our Ghostbusters. I'm scanning over to the Ghostbusters. That's exactly right. You know, it's got the speaker grill with a little slight 
tilt to it's got it. A, it's got a cant to it. Exactly right. Yeah. And I can see on the top of the head where the little bumpers are that would lay down and touch the mm-hmm. rails yeah. exactly like what's on the Ghostbuster. So it looks like that generation cabinet. And looking at where the start button is and how it's made, and that uh, looks exactly like the Ghostbusters cabinet. <laughs> it does. And it's all white. Uh-huh. White legs, white armor. Uh, can I blow this picture up? Has it got lollipop rails on it even, Whitney? Uh, I mean, what, what are we really getting here for our $50,000? No, it does things? not have lollipop doesn't rails doesn't have lollipop on. rails. No, so it's it got standard not. rails on. It's standard got white, rails. white legs, a white coin door, mm-hmm. except the coin shoot and coin return discussions. They're still black. Yeah. It looks like it's got some kind of... Can you tell in your picture, Whitney, what the shooter rod, or is it a button? It's just white, and I see like a little red. It's got like a white star with a red background. Okay. That's what that so is. So I guess I guess yeah, is, the, is the the assembly for the shooter rod that you'd see on the outside of the cabinet. It looks like it's all white. Maybe the rod is just white with the little red star thingy on it. Then the head, the art is just what gets me, as in there is none. There is none. On the There's side of this. just a logo. Yeah. On the side of this stark white cabinet, there looks to be a bumper sticker that says Supreme. The the sticker, Supreme is red and the outfill is all, uh, excuse me, Supreme is in white and the outfill is all red. So it's almost like if you had a solid red bumper sticker and you wrote Supreme on it in white font. Yeah. And then the art the head, the face of the head, speaker grill, where the translight would be, all that is all red. And it says S-U-P, and then the rest of the Supreme logo flows down on the backboard of the behind the play field and then down onto the play field. And it looks like the inside where you'd put art blades and all that, that's just red. And yeah. then the play field is just primarily red. Red. And I that's see it. some little, little couple little stars, maybe a couple of highlights, and that's and that's, and that's all it. You, that's all you got. Yeah, and I mean, it's got Supremes put like on the spinners. Yeah, and that's it. And I, I mean, when I look at this, it's like, man, it is. There's so much white and so much open space for what could have been. I mean, it, it could they could have had Supreme like plastered all around it, like start SUP on one side and wrap around and ream on the other side, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they they didn't. It just it's just like a very small little block logo that says Supreme, and I, I'm I'm astounded. I really am. I mean, and I, I've just pulled up some eBay listings. Two right now, uh, forty eight thousand dollars or best offer. Another one is seventy five thousand dollars or best offer, and uh, even even a picture, even one of the the Stern. Uh, marketing pamphlets for the for the machine is going for five thousand dollars or best offer. The problem is, Brent, is that somebody will buy these. So I just googled Supreme brand, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and right here on the right side of Google, well the the page the page that resulted. So it uh, down the left side I get supremenewyork.com supreme brand wikipedia and i'm assuming this little blurb from the right is from wikipedia i've seen google do that supreme is an american skateboarding shop and clothing brand established in new york uh in april of 94 the brand uh, caters to skateboarding hip-hop and rock cultures as well as the youth culture in general how is selling a pinball machine 
what's the MSRP on it? Or you probably have to go to the Supreme store to actually buy the thing, right? Yeah. It's a good question. It's a good question. Can you ring up your Stern dealer with, uh, how much did you say is the list on it with 20 K and say, send me one, Say send me one of these, please. Send me two. If you're going to send, if you're going to go through all the trouble, send me two. Yeah. Isn't that that crazy? I don't understand this at all. Flip one and make one free. You know, it's just, it's absolutely unbelievable. But you know, Hey, uh, tally ho, that's all I really know to say. It's, it's just absolutely, uh, absolutely crazy. So there, there we are. So now I'm, now I'm going down this rabbit hole and I'm going to the Supreme, uh, Supreme. What is that? Well, I mean, if you look at um, no, there's the URL is is not what I thought it was. It's, no, if if you, if you look at there's there's um there's a really neat Supreme article on thisweekinpinball.com, and it uh, it is Supreme New York. I'm sorry, Supreme yeah. New York, and the the homepage is is as minimal as Google. <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just it's but it's their little Supreme logo and a text. I've got yeah. to go into the shop, Whitney, and see what's in here. Fair go enough. Ahead. Well, I'm sure you're going to find lots of stuff that you probably would not want to buy. But but anyway, you know there there it is. And uh, like I say, it is it is hitting uh, the market now, and it just the it, it seems like the loyalty to the Supreme brand is just is just through the roof, and and it seems like everything they sell goes at a very very high. Very very high dollar, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, this week, and I'm going to quote uh, this article here in This Week in Pinball. It says, "This week in pinball has been told that this is an extremely limited production run, and according to an article on Uncrate.com, it will be limited to just 12 examples. Though that uh, though it isn't clear if that is the total number of machines or the allotment just for Uncrate.com. Expect the price." to be high, perhaps very high. And I'm like, wow, that is, that is crazy. This is one of those that falls in the category of it's good work. If you can get it. Isn't that the truth? Because just looking at their website, I am overly frustrated and I've been on it 14 seconds. Yeah, there you go. And this is one of those where it's like, dude, you got to figure it out. It's cool. It's Supreme. Yeah. And and the reason I say that is I, I clicked, the website, which I understand, okay, we're going to be kind of cool and we're going to be kind of edgy and we're just going to say Supreme and it's a real super basic font and it's got the date and the time, New York City. Yeah. And then below it, it's got news uh, and a couple of links and it's just real basic. Uh, it, it's not in your face. I mean, it, it's like just when you go to Google and it just says Google. I mean, it's just there. <laughs> okay, cool. That's yeah. kind of cool. That's neat. That's different. I like that. So I click shop uh-huh. and up comes this page that's got uh i'm looking at one two three four five six about 11 vertical bands that are obviously just little swaths of something some you can tell like i can tell uh, these bands are about five times taller than they are wide and the scroll bar in this little section that's centered in the middle of my browser is mainly left to right. And I can tell that that is probably a tennis shoe. Cause I can see a little bit of lace <laughs> and that might be, they're going to make you work for it. Aren't right, they? Right. Yeah. It's not like it says shop shoes, shop shirt, shop hats. So like, I, all right, well, I don't know. Let me randomly click on something. I don't know what this is. It, it It's a knife. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you, you look, you have to work for it. Yeah. You have to work for it. And, and I'm supposing that they, that they probably make the brand uh, the status the, the status symbol. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's what it is too. Yeah, they're, they're going to be like, we're going to be super exclusive, and if you want us, you're going to ha- you have to come and you have to come and yeah. get it. Yeah, exactly. But I, I just thought it was interesting, Brent, and and I felt like it was it was discussion worthy because there's been a lot of talk about this machine on pin side. There's been a bit of a. There's been a uh, a bit of gnashing teeth teeth gnashing you know, yeah. about it, and of course the the whole you know I guess the court of public opinion is is completely split on this thing, but you know something I I, I think it's neat for I think it's neat for the simple fact that um, that Stern got to do it and yeah, and, uh, and that, that that they can charge that kind of money for well, it. If as I'm well, Stern, I mean that's crazy. If I'm Stern and Stern, crazy good though, and they come to me and they say, hey, we want you to build. Would you say 12? 12, yes. Well, Stern's Stern's going to have to charge a little bit of a premium. Oh, yeah. Because... And by a little bit, you mean a lot. Well, yeah. yeah. I, it, first of all, they got to make money. Second of all, I don't know, you know, they may have the play field design. I'm sure they still do, but they're going to have to have the screens made and they're going to have to have it. They're, they're good for Stern. Yeah. You know... They got to custom develop the code and all that. Somebody do walks all the in dots, and says, hey, you know. this is what I want. And Stern will say, okay, I can do that. But since I'm doing 12... This is what it's going to cost. Exactly. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. And for all we know, they tripled Stern's price. I don't know. Oh, I'm I'm sure. But I'm sure something If I had if to I happen. was Stern and they approached me and and I they met my dollar to put the resources into making 12 machines, I'd do it. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why I'd be not? stupid not to. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's just it's just one of those things. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, speaking of, of unreal money, Did you talk about in my rambling, did you mention the last auction, of course the, the I did. The picture. The picture. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mentioned I mentioned the the official picture uh with a price tag of five thousand dollars or best or, or best offer. And I'm like, Of course you can ask anything you want. Uh, you can. You can. But you know something? The market obviously the market's gotta be there. And if it camps out there long enough on eBay, it'll eventually sell. Now, they may have to lower the price a bit and meet the market, but I can tell you, Brent, those those two those two boxed machines, they will eventually sell. Somebody's gonna come along yeah. and, and buy them. And it's just and to me it's just wow, it's just consumer absurdity. But you know, there there it is. Well, why don't you get to your next thing? Because I'm getting ready to just rain all over your parade. Yeah, well, you know something? I've I've rained I, all I, over I, this. No, I, I rained on this parade as well. I did not I did not hop in on this. Oh, I didn't and, and think let's, so. And, and let's talk about let's talk about this because it's tangentially related, and, and listeners of the show know your love uh, uh, for Atari. Oh yeah, yeah, it's and mine too. Yeah. I grew up with the, the twenty six hundred. Yeah, and I've got I have got strong, strong nostalgic hooks to the to to the Atari brand and, and the twenty six hundred specifically. And th- this is something that again, friend of the show, listener of the show, Jim Hale. Jim Hale and I have talked this up one side of the barn and down the other practically. And uh, just the uh, just a couple weeks ago, what we would and I'm going to do air quotes around the word Atari because the company that owns the Atari name uh, has been has been kind of pre-leaking images or renders of this console called the Atari VCS, and they have decided that they would use the crowdsourcing uh, website Indiegogo to essentially crowdfund or crowdsource the funding for the, for the development and the eventual what we hope is eventual release of the VCS. Now this is this is a box that Atari has billed as 
being a, a a new generation of home entertainment. It has HDMI support, supposedly from a chipset perspective, has enough horsepower to support 4K output and, and everything along those lines. Netflix streaming, um, and and I would say enough horsepower and and along with included controllers to run modern games. Uh, probably Steam or something like that, because Lord knows the world doesn't need yet another, another Steam pr- box, a, a, another Steam box, or another proprietary gaming gaming platform. I mean, let's think about it, Brent. Right now, we have Xbox, which is Microsoft. We have Sony with PlayStation, and we have Nintendo that has that has the Switch, and you know, still the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And so, those are the three major gaming platforms. Does the world really need a fourth one? I mean, what does that really make things better? I mean, so yeah, this is what you call, you could always contend, yes, but this is a dollar late. And this is what is it? Uh, you're either a dollar late or you're a dollar short. It, and a, they're both. a day later, a, a dollar day later, short. a dollar short. And they're both. They're, they're literally both. both. They're both. They're both. And I. Th- but what's interesting about this is they li- they literally blew past. I mean, when I say blew, I mean they rocketed past their Indiegogo funding thresholds and so as give, give as the percentage and then i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna this is where they hear the rain the rain clouds yeah uh, oh yeah ready. no 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 uh, you might know where i'm going yeah i do because jim and i talked about this and i emotionally i wanted i wanted to back this i wanted to hop in on this and say i want this at my house but i could not do it and it took it took a lot for me not to but again, Brent, I'll, I'll use. I think I've used this term already in this episode. I had to stand back and let cooler heads prevail, you know, because it's like, what am I? What do I really think I'm actually going to get by submitting by, by submitting my money for this? So here's what they did: Atari raised just shy eighty thousand dollars shy seventy nine some change actually seventy nine eight sixty three is what they were shy of three million dollars and, and as of this recording front. there's still nine days left and there's still nine days left and they all they were asking for is a hundred thousand dollars on a flex goal meaning that they would add they would add kickers to it if they continue to go up now brent that is two thousand nine hundred and twenty one percent not a hundred and three percent not two hundred percent but two thousand nine hundred and twenty one percent of their original goal. And as you said, they still have nine days left as of this recording. So here's, so I'm going to step back and and (laughs) you, 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 you skewer this because you're like a sushi chef just waiting to go. Well, my thoughts are actually stolen. I have just recently. It doesn't mean they're not valid. That's true. There you go. Uh, I have, I have not followed this because uh, I've heard a little bit about it on other shows. I have read a little here and there, but I'm not actually, actively followed it because honestly i got the same i was of the same opinion of you as you i've got if i want a modern gaming platform there's already established players and they are clawing it out amongst each other for market share and they have the r&d right to do this they do and atari obviously doesn't in my mind it almost has to default because of what we just discussed to exactly what you said, which is it's going to be another steam box. It's just going to be it. it no, it may be another steam yeah, box. Yeah, yeah, it may be. It, yeah. There's a high probability. There's a high probability that it is a offshore sourced, uh, mass produced, 
small single board computer running Linux with yeah. a skin on it to mm-hmm. kind of give you a retro feel and super flimsy controls. Yeah. That's now the idea that the, the first thing that entered my mind when I saw that you had this in the show notes and, and I checked uh, just to kind of see where it sat in terms of percentage uh, of the goal, which you said is almost 3000% over. Uh, this was just recently discussed on retro gaming roundup and Scott mentioned this and his take on it was the same as mine, which is you're not doing anything with a hundred thousand dollars. No. So now that's not even a marketing no, budget. That's and they're talking about he, Scott was mentioning just some stuff he'd he'd recently come across in terms of you know consulting with some people to build some things and then the whole Clico Chameleon debacle mm-hmm. and yeah you're going to be a hundred thousand dollars into the molds to make the game and the controllers in the cases. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly to make the right. case mold yes. and the controllers. Yeah. So I don't even understand their so, funding requirements. Well, uh, his take was, and I don't, I don't know how Indiegogo works, but his take was, uh, we're going to set something that we can blow past so that we can say we're so successful. Uh-huh. We're, we're two hundred percent funded. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? That's relative. Yeah, it is. We're a thousand percent. We're a thousand percent funded. What? Well, oh my gosh, they're a thousand percent. I'm going to jump right in. They're going to do this. Yeah. To me, I don't understand because I don't know enough about Indiegogo. What's the risk to the Atari the people behind this? If say they got their hundred thousand dollars, say they got a hundred and two thousand dollars, well, that's not enough to do anything. So what do you do? Do you turn around and ref- can you refund the money? Yeah. Or does Indiegogo contractually lock you into saying, okay, you've got customers and that sets up that contractual relationship of buyers and sellers. So Jim and I talked about that. And are, are you open to class action lawsuit? What's the deal? Well, the problem with Indiegogo is historically it has been very lax on that particular topic right okay. there. So it's loosey goosey. It's loosey goosey. Now, just as of recently, uh, Indiegogo has apparently started to put heat on some of the some of the the project some of the project creators to make sure that they deliver to make sure that they deliver on their product kickstarter has from what i understand and what i've seen they they've been better about that than indiegogo has okay but again i'm saying all this based on just my personal observation mm-hmm. discussions with friends and what i read out on the internet okay so i'm not a representative for either company and don't pretend to be and never want to be but there you go that's it, that's at a bare minimum you're opening yourself for litigation yes you are so there, yes, there was are. a risk here that if this thing didn't take off or let's i'm going to pull a number right out of the air Say they needed a million dollars, which that honestly might be a stretch by the time you consider development, mm-hmm. by the time you consider production and assembly. Know, I don't and, even know how a million dollars gets it done. Well, I'm just pulling a number you. out of the air. Okay, yeah, I'm saying yeah. that might be a stretch. Say yeah. you need a million dollars and you're going to play this, you're going to double down and risk risk it and you're going to set your funding goal at 100000 so you can play this game of saying, we're funded, this is happening. And then with the but the thought being that that makes the next person more apt to jump in. Oh, they're funded. They're going to yeah, do this. It's going to happen. So what happens if you get air quotes funded, yet you far fall far below or just even right below the real hard dollars you need to make this happen? Yeah. You are seriously opened 
opening yourself up for litigation. Yeah. Well, and, and I think Atari, or I guess the, the company that is Atari today, I think what they have done is they have stacked the deck in their favor from a perception issue, and they've made it look like this is extremely wildly successful from a, from a funding perspective right. in order to create the forward momentum that, um, that they need in order to bolster that number and to keep that number racking as high as it possibly can, can go. I mean, I, I don't know. W with nine days left, it looks like it's probably slowed down a fair amount because it was getting a lot of press coverage uh, as soon as the as soon as the 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 campaign opened up, and especially on the first day, I think they they actually wound up crashing the Indiegogo website uh, to the point to where Indiegogo as a, as an entire platform which went is, down, which, which is, is wild because it is wild. As I've heard a little bit about this in the in the air quotes I'm making press. The, our press, our niche audience, you know, because let's, yeah. let's admit it, we, we try to do video and pinball, yeah. arcade stuff, coin yeah. op, and every once in a while we'll dabble into this classic console yeah, stuff. it'll sneak in. It'll yeah. sneak in. But some the shows I've been listening to where this is brought up, it's just like a huge eye roll. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody everybody is literally saying, this is vaporware until I see it show up at my door. Well, not even that. It's, I get that. It's, it's, you're, you're biting off more than you can chew you yeah. you can't produce anything that honestly i probably can't buy off wish or banggood or ebay or something you know and put together yourself or, or that's already been put together well you know i mean here's the thing and let's say this in their defense what they are billing is high on the nostalgia meter okay because if you look at their indiegogo uh page they're billing that that Every console is preloaded with a hundred plus classic Atari games, and uh, they're they're talking about arcade games as well as uh, twenty six hundred. They list the Atari or they state that the Atari Vault includes more than a hundred all time classics in their original arcade and or twenty six hundred formats, and is ready to play as soon as you connect your TV. Now they go on and they they've got like Major Havoc and Millipede and Centipede and Circuit. Uh, uh, Circus Atari, there's Adventure, Yars Command, uh, Missile, uh, Yars Revenge, Missile Command, there's Tempest, Asteroids, so on down the line. Atari 2600 Basketball, see that? So mm -hmm. it's all there, which is great. But then they're, they're adding the kickers here and saying that this platform is going to allow you to take your gaming online and turn it into, and turn it into multi, multiplayer, uh, potentially, potentially arena based gaming or what have you. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the jury's out. Because you can't do that. I mean, I don't, I, I've never played anything on Steam, but they're in Steam multiplayer games. Uh, I don't know. I don't play Steam. Yeah. Yeah. I could, couldn't even tell I'm you. I'm just, yeah. I, man, to me, this just seems like it's, it's all flash. And it, it does, I, I, it, I know it really I'm definitely does. being it, down or Brent here, but. All I see is marketing spin. Yeah, you know, and, and, and the thing is, is they say that it's Atari. They, I'm not Atari. buying it. No, 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 and and neither have I. And they say it's an open and secure platform for endless possibility. And I, you know, when I when so I was my at, porch. It, well, <laughs> get off you're my not, porch. You're not get off my lawn. Yeah. I, to me, the thing is, is that the, I don't know that they're really bringing anything to the to market 
that hasn't already been brought to market. I, I think what they're doing is they're bringing kind of another Me Too type of box, and they're just cashing in on the nostalgia. I'm looking at the Indiegogo page, and they're showing there's a there's a like a screen cap of Major Havoc, and it's Vector. I mean, they're not doing yeah, this. No, and they're not. They're, I, I don't think they will. Now, the one thing I will say is they do have renders of the controllers and and everything like that, and that that all looks that all looks pretty good. If I had the five three D print, you won in a couple of weeks, man. I you know what <laughs> I, I'm I'm betting on it. So so there there we go. But you know something, it, what it proves though is that retro nostalgia is at an all time high. Because Brent, if you go through, if you go right up back to the top, of the Indiegogo page, there's three thousand dollars of people's pre committed money that want this, and you know what. I want it for them. Three thousand or three million? I, I'm sorry, I, three million. I apologize. Eleven thousand and eighty nine backers. So there's there is almost Ooh, yeah. There's let's say eleven thousand ish people who love the Atari brand so much that they want this to happen, and I want it to happen. I'd for like them. for it to happen, and, but and just, I do. I just, want it to happen. It, but Brent, I'll tell you the the problem is I don't believe in it yet. That's and that's, that's the me. issue. What I love to see it. Yes. What I um, I just, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I just I know. don't get it. I know it's, it's, I, it it's just, the same for me. I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see the, the campaign page says that this is supposed to ship in this, spring of 2019. So we'll see. I mean, that's a year from now, roughly a year from now. So, so did you see go. the link I just put in the show notes? Mm, no, there's actually not. a new Intellivision console announced. I heard about that, and yes. this was late May, early June. So I, I got a couple links in here. It looks like one of them is from. Oh, e- cool! I'll put this in the show notes. So yeah, yeah t- talk on this. It looks like one of them's from eGadget, and it's on May 30th. And uh, and, and what I know of this, it's going to be again a little diarrhea of the mouth from Brent as has happened on this show, uh, this episode. This is what episode 70 has brought us. Uh, uh, too many words and uh, not enough <laughs> names. Um, I, I've picked up some of this from That's retro, awesome. ga- That's retro f- gaming. That's funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write that down. Too many words, not enough names. Yeah, too many words and not enough names. I've picked up what, I, what I'm pulling from memory here from Retro Gaming Roundup. So if you don't listen to Retro Gaming oh, Roundup, it's, it's check a, it out. It is a fantastic podcast. Uh, I remember the first time I listened to it, Whitney told me about it, and I, and I was like, Dude, this thing is forever. It's like the first episode I listened to was years ago. It was like four hours. And then we turn around and we do mar- these marathon crazy shows ourselves. So that doesn't seem so long anymore. No, it doesn't. And I like the guys and they're they're well read too. I'll give them that. So the the host of the show, they have a relationship with the people that actually own the Intellivision game now. The name, not game. The Intellivision name now. The, br- the brand, yeah. Yes, the yeah. brand. And, uh, f- of course, this is third party. This is a listener of a show whose hosts have this relationship. But uh, from listening to the show over the years, I feel that they're straight shooters. They tell you what they feel and what they see and what they hear and what they think about it and, and why they think that. Not just like me sitting here thinking, uh, I can't quantify to you why I don't like this, per se, the Atari thing. I'm with It just doesn't feel right. I just don't have that. I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it other than I think like the Indiegogo stuff's a little shady. I think Indiegogo is definitely a little shady yeah. compared and, to Kickstarter. Right. It, it, well, how they did Indiegogo specifically, for reasons we just discussed, the funding levels. And I, I don't... I, this just doesn't appeal to me. I, I don't, I just, I, I can't put my finger on why I keep a solid thing as to why I don't like this. But it, it the Retro Gaming Roundup guys, if if they have a, a passionate 
feeling about a topic, success or failure, they'll tell you why, or they'll tell you, I don't know. I just don't, I just, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. So they'll come clean on it. Yeah. They've talked quite a bit about the Intellivision thing and it's backed by people that have successes in various industries. I mean, there's a guy by the name of Tommy Tallarico who does the video games live series of concerts and he's done it for a couple decades now i think i've seen it he, they come through louisville yeah I, I, jackie and i've gone to go see him one have you time. seen yeah we've seen him one time he's involved in this mm-hmm. and their their stance is going to be as i understand they're going to put up the money kind of like i'd mentioned earlier in the show on kingpin with the circus maximus group and and james and paul they're taking the risk they're not going to ask others to take the risk it's their product it's their passion they're going to take the risk so they're getting together and they're going to do an intellivision console and i don't know the specifics of it i don't know uh what it's going to be how it's going to work but anyway there's a couple articles you can link to check out the the roundup episode where they talked about it last was uh episode 129 which is the one that was redu- reduced, geez, released the 1st of June, 2018. And if, if for nothing else, check that episode out because Ted Dabney, who was instrumental in the founding of Atari, coming full circle back here to Atari and video games, yeah. had a lot to do with design, a lot to do with Pong's, uh, the Syzygy game, going back to computer space. Uh, computer space yeah. Thank you. Ted had a lot to do with that. Uh, the the we know as Atari, and and he's got he's got kind of a no holds barred um, interview where he talks about the book of Nolan as Scott on the show puts it, and how Nolan Bushnell portrayed how all of that happened. And it's a anyway. Ted recently passed away. They had interviewed Ted at one point in time, and they reran the interview. It was a fantastic interview in one twenty nine. Yeah, and it's in. I'm looking at the show notes now, and I it's, remember hearing it. Um, it's it, it's oh it's over an hour and a half into the show. If you look at their show notes, it'll it's got a time index. If you just want to check the interview, but man, just listening to Ted makes me think, I wish I'd have gotten to meet him at a show. Mm-hmm. He's somebody I would have liked to sit down and, and had a meal with. Yeah. Because he was, yeah. he just, I mean, it was, listening to him in that interview, it was almost as if I'd known him all my life. Yeah, yeah. I, so, yeah, if you don't listen to Retro Gaming, Retro Gaming Roundup, check it out, episode 129, and then look in the show notes if you if you just want to hear the Ted Dabney interview. Yeah, well, so. and, and I, I think to bring to bring what you're talking back, to bring what you're talking about back around full circle, this just doesn't feel like Atari. And, no, and because no. it doesn't feel like Atari, I have, a hard, I have a hard time making the emotional investment and the emotional leap in order to, in order to, click the button and do the pre-order. So. I think a little bit of what's baking my cookies is that it's trying too hard. Now that you say that, because it, they put the faux wood grain face on it and then the top of it, I mean, there's, there's styling. Like mm-hmm. if you look at a modern Camaro yeah. versus the, you know, your second generation Camaros, you can see if you kind of squint and you saw both of them way across the parking lot, how they're kind. Oh, I can tell that's an evolution. Yeah. This is, this is too much. It's this, just a rip is all yeah, it is. Yeah, this it's is, an over rip is yeah, what it there is. You go. They, they, yeah. they over, yeah. they over borrowed from the 2600. I mean, this, it, it just, it, it doesn't even look good, but anyway, that that's just me. Yeah. Now anyway. this, this next one though, that comes up, 
I did buy this, okay? And you know why I bought this one? Number one, because it's going to be available in like three weeks. And number two, it costs $79. And number three, it's by a company that actually delivers a product. And they've got a track record. And they do have a track yeah. record. So this is the Hyperkin. This is the... Uh, why is this not in my spend my money section? Well, it should, probably should have been, actually. But um, click the link, and you, if, you're, if you're interested in this, Brent, you can you can go ahead and pre-order it now. I hate you. Yeah. I've, um, I've sort of kind of purposely avoided that. Everyone's like, well, what are they talking about? Yeah. No, this, this, this to me is the real deal. This is the Retron 77. And what the Retron 77 is, is... Um, it is a it is a new console by Hyperkin that is essentially an Atari 2600 um, via software. It runs according to Hyperkin and I and I'm quoting what I've read on the Atari Age forums. This is running a distribution of Linux and a very recent version of Stella, the Atari 2600 emulator, okay? Now, it's it's been highly engineered and it has been highly curated and customized to the point to where you can plug in a cartridge. Yeah, here's the and win. Go. Here's the win. And here's the win. Supports original 2600 carts, original joysticks, and paddles. That's exactly right. And, and you, HDMI. That's right. And yeah, and it will upscale the games to 720p so you can run them on a modern television. So you can take all your boxes of Activision and Atari carts and Mattel and iMagic and everything else, the Parker Brothers and everything. I'll, I'll finally be able to play Spider Man again. And you can take you can take all those cards. <laughs> We've all waited for that day, Whitney. That's exactly right. <laughs> and plug them into this baby and play. And from what I understand, it's not mentioned on Hyperkin's website, but one of the gentlemen who works at Hyperkin has been posting. Uh, I've mentioned on uh, for I had mentioned previously on the Atari Age forums has been posting and says that this also includes an SD slot and the operating system as well as the emulation core is loaded off the SD card and they have made that open so that it can be changed and modified. The only thing that this thing is lacking to make it a 100% solid gold run is 7,800 cartridge compatibility. I was about ready to say, if, yeah. if they went as far as... Well, two things popped to mind as you were talking about it. One, if they went this far, why not make it 7800? Exactly. And in the public, meaning the folks on Atari Age and on the Atari Facebook groups are screaming that if this thing is as open as Hyperkin says it is, then it's just a matter of time before it well, plays 78. The second thing that popped to mind is when you mentioned SD card slot, there's probably a yes. real soft wink to um, we can't make it open to ROMs, but, but you put them on there. And we're going to put all this stuff in here. Uh -huh. Yeah. And if someone flashes the firmware. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So here's, here's where I'm at on this. This will get my $80, 79, whatever, 79, some change. This will get my $80 all day long because number one, it's functional out of the box. And number two, it actually has, it actually has potential to be more than it is. Well, you know, the funny thing here is you just made me remember out in the garage. Well, when I moved, before I moved into this house, yeah. I had in my front row, I had my arcades in the basement and didn't have any pinballs at the time. Uh, and upstairs I had a uh, 7800 on one of you remember the old school cartridge uh, console deals you used to get and it had like the smoked 
t- top. It almost looked oh, like the a record plastic player. Top. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And you you could lift up the top and get to your console. Yeah. And then there was the console set on a removable base, and you could put your fingers down it and pick it all up. And there was little slots in there in your carts. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. I had one of those in my front room with a seventy eight hundred. Okay. Because I could run. 7,800 and 2,600 games. And this was before, you know, I, I still had a rear project, projection television that that still had, you know, a, a fairly decent RF tuner. And yeah. I, I had that in the front room and I could slide over, plug and play Atari. Yeah. And when I moved here, I've still got all that, but I never set it back up in my front room. It just, I just never got around to it. And what I thought about it, it's like, man, that's kind of big and clunky and I don't want that in the middle of the floor. The layout's different and all that kind of fun stuff. I'd put this. I'd put this in there in a heartbeat because yes. I don't have to do anything squirrely to no. get it into the modern television that I have in my living room. Now. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, and, and and if if you've seen pictures of these, they didn't. Oh, how'd you say? Would you say that over what it? They they, they over borrowed. Yeah, it, they didn't over borrow it. No, it's, they did not. This actually looks good. Yeah, the Atari like VCS does not look good. So, so anyway, we'll have pictures in the show notes, and I, I'm I am super excited about this, uh, Brent. I, I would I would urge you to break off your eighty bucks and and go ahead and can roll, you order make it a happen. joystick? Can you order another joystick? Because it looks like it comes with one, and I see two buttons on it, so I'm assuming that's to drive the menu from the joystick. Yeah, like I'm probably either or, or to make it either left or right. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah left. Yeah, or, yeah left and, or right. Good point. So I don't think. Uh, let me go back and pull this up. I didn't see where you could order. Well, no, a you're not going to drive the menu because there is no menu. Because you're got you got a physical cart plugged into the silly thing, and I see a power switch, and you turn it on, and it's got buttons that represent your your other button, your the the switches that you would have had. Yeah, and there and there you go. Your skill levels, and then uh, oh, you can do a game save. I see load and save. I'm just hovering over it with the magnifier. Yeah, no, I, I got you. Anyway. Yeah, no, this th- this looks good. And expected ship date is July 7th, 2018. So there you go. So in my mind, Hyperkin has achieved what Atari is only promising. And, and I know a lot of people will say, oh, no, they're completely different. And it's like, yes, they are completely different. But what they're giving me is a box that plays that, that plays my games. Mm-hmm. That's what I care about. Because I don't care about the streaming. I don't care about the online games. I don't care about any of that stuff. I want, I, you know, just everything having, I've got will stream. Exactly. I mean, it's like I've got that problem solved 10,000 times over. Th- that I'm has good become that. such a me too thing. Uh huh. It's yeah. just, there's, there's no value add for that. So, so anyway, I, I mean, I look at the VCS as marginalized. I look at, at the Retron as it's exactly what I wanted it to be. And, and hopefully, hopefully over time it can be more. So, real quick, Brent, the only uh, other item is uh, something that completely came out of left field. And I had no, no idea that this was going to happen. It caught me so by surprise. And I think it caught everybody in this, in the Nintendo uh, arena by surprise. But uh, last week, as of us recording, last week was E3. Uh, It was uh, June 14th. And uh, Nintendo had a live stream of their, uh, of their E3 announcements. And as part of that announcement, they uh, they they spent some time talking about uh, some some games that are coming to the Switch. And uh, for the Switch, Nintendo has been releasing in the eStore 
a series of games called the archive, the arcade archives. Okay. They've released Mario brothers and, and punch out uh, as far as the arcade archives go. And what they have now announced is that as of last week, um, the original arcade versions of Donkey Kong, meaning the U S ROMs and the Japanese ROMs were made available to the switch in as part of the arcade archives and you can download donkey kong and play donkey kong sit your switch up vertically and you can play the true arcade roms for donkey kong on your switch not the nes not the not every other release version of Donkey Kong that's ever been done. Not, not the ColecoVision. Not emulated. Not well, emu- emulated. Yes, it, it, but it yeah, is yeah, emulated. Yeah. Yes, but it is running the ROMs. Not okay? pulling a trick and putting an NES on a chip and no, then exactly. running. Exactly. Yeah, that, that that's it. Yeah, this is literally Nintendo sanctioned emulation of the original ROMs. Okay. So they made that announcement. And then in a completely unexpected move, and you can see in the screen cap right there that I've got in the show notes, I pulled this from their from their live stream while uh, it, I was watching it. looks like it. You, you took a, yeah, a literal I, I screen did, cap. I did, a scr- the- I did a literal screen cap of this while I was watching it, and my mouth was sitting on the floor, okay? Because in that screen cap, there is a gentleman at the bottom of the screen cap, and that gentleman is Don James. An executive vice president at Nintendo, and Don James is the gentleman that helped Alex and I with Skyskipper Project. And I'm sitting here watching Don James talk about Skyskipper, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but what he said was essentially due to what he considered, or what Nintendo considered, high interest in the Skyskipper properties. Japan made the call. Nintendo Japan made the call. They pulled their Skyskipper out of the archives, pulled the ROMs off, sent them back to Japan, and Nintendo is now going to be releasing Skyskipper for the arcade archives for the Switch in July. So I read that, and do you think that's just because maybe they didn't trust what was air quotes floating around in the ether and MAME? Well, what's floating around in MAME came from that right. same machine. That's what I was but, thinking. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and and I, was... I don't think. And honestly, I don't think Nintendo. I'm, well, I'm putting words in their they mouth just don't now. Really... But I don't think they would ever consider it... MAME as a, as a credible source yeah, for they, anything. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, because that would be. What what I want to know is sanctioning is, or legitimizing that as a source. I'd be kind of interested to know if they actually dusted off old equipment there in. In, in Japan, in Nintendo of America, and said, "Do we have an EEPROM programmer that'll yeah. read these things?" Yeah, or it's, it's curious. Did they have to go out to eBay and I, I don't know they, find they, a gray beard that knew how to drive one of those things? Yeah, well, they they said that they sent the ROMs to to Japan, and they uh, and they were actually harvested. The code was harvested. And, oh, you mean they sent the physical ROMs to Japan? Oh, wow. Yeah. Now I don't know if that means they sent the board, but I'm just I'm just going by what Don was talking about during the broadcast. And so, it, I mean, just you know, imagine the the feeling there that while that, that's going through your head while you're sitting there looking at this, and they spent a good, I'd say, four to five minutes talking about Skyskipper during this E3 presentation. I was completely floored. I sent I sent it over to Alex, and. Um, he uh he he was of course with the time difference he had to you know by the time he caught it and then caught up with it I, of course he he was able to watch it and everything else and 
I mean, we were just we were just absolutely positively stunned that Nintendo made this move and that they're going to release Skyskipper on the Switch. So, um, yeah, and I mean, it's it's the arcade ROMs, it's the arcade version, so it will be. Um, It'll be there. And it was neat. Don talked about a little bit of the history of the game. He confirmed a few things for for us that we had uh, that we had been wondering about with the project as, as far as uh, confirmation goes, just on history of the game. And uh, it was just uh, it was just a bit of a neat comeuppance, you know, is, is how is how I'll kind of wrap that up. So well, I the- never in my wildest dreams expected to see the the words expected to see the word skyskipper and e three and Switch mentioned in the same sentence. It just completely blew me away. Well, this tells you, if for nothing else, that there's not a cabinet in Japan. That is exactly right. Yep. That's, That's exactly the cabinet. Right. Yep. That is the one. And it confirms, Brent, I'll tell you what this does, is it confirms so much of what we were told and what we went through with the project as well mm-hmm. from, a, from a historical perspective. Because uh, if they had to come here to get it, that means it was not there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you, so neat stuff. The, I, I know you all, have, you, well, yeah, I'm sure more will come out. You know, oh, yeah. more, more will come out as you all learn more. So yeah, I, exactly. I, I, I'm getting into supposition in my mind and I was like, ah, no, let's not do that. Too many words, too many words. It's, uh, no, I, I get it. I get it. And, and I'm, I would be surprised if what you're thinking I, I haven't already kind of run through because you sit here and you think about uh, all the turn lefts and turn rights in a mm-hmm. scenario like this. But um, it was it was it was a bit of deja vu. I will say that for for sure. So um, it was uh, it was really neat to see that see that uh, come about and come to pass. So I, I think it's. Hopefully it's a little bit of uh hopefully it's a little bit of uh legitimate legitimizes a bit of the work that Alex and I did and I, I think it's uh I, I think it's neat for sure. So so there's that man. News in yeah. a nutshell. All right, well, tons of it. Let's get into a little feedback and Oh dude, let's let's put it this way. There was so much going on with Twitter this month. I I I, I couldn't we would be here for another hour and a half if I went through all of it. So I had to pick what I would consider. Well, I, the see cherry, the, I see the, the podcast world guys were were um, twittering. What oh yeah, it? I almost said iming. Then I almost said yeah. texting. Then what is it? Twittering. Yeah, tweeting? yeah. We were tweeting. How okay, about that? Okay. We were tweeting. But I don't know how this Twitter thing works. It, well, it's all good because I'm, I'm here with yet another monthly lesson. Okay, so. I, you know something, the, the whole thing about the presents that Jim Hale sent to us um, back in probably like January of this year that we just got to last month, but have just become so endeared to me, was the whole thing with the Dukes of Hazard and the Waylon Jennings record. I mean, I, I've showed it to Jackie, I've showed it to uh, to family that's come over and everybody's just like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> That's so awesome. You've got that. And I, I was just so happy with this Waylon Jennings record that I took a picture of it and put, put it up on Twitter. And I said, we need this theme for a pen. As far as I'm concerned, it's currently opportunity lost. And I said, what other themes would you want? And for me, I, I mean, Brent, I want a Dukes of Hazard pinball. And if Stern ever or Jersey Jack or Spooky or if anybody ever does a, a Dukes of Hazard, I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> I'll sell a kidney and you know and, and flip it black market, but I'm in. Okay, now 
The answers as that long as I it got doesn't have cousin Coy and yeah, well, I can't think of the other one. Uh, Vance, Vance not, and Coy, it, no Vance no, no, and Coy. No, 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 we're not doing Vance and Coy. <laughs> That's not even canon, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> that so, was a bad dream. That was just a dream, is all that was. Okay, I could see Wayland for those as he was strumming. What, he was crying while he was. For, while for he those was that singing. don't know what we're talking about, just Google Dukes of Hazard, Vance and Coy. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah that that your never, life will change forever. That never happened. Yeah. So here we go. So the themes as answers potentially themes that I got back as answers were absolutely great. It ranged from everything from my mother, the car. As a theme for a pinball. Yeah, as a theme for pinball. A lost opportunity theme for a pinball. My mother, the car. That was by the, the podcast role, guys. Friend of the show uh, and just friend, just all around good friend, Sean O'Shea said Turbo Teen. And I had to go back and look I up Turbo Teen. I don't remember that one at all. And I'm like, oh, that's painful to watch those animations. I, I don't I don't even want to know what's going on It looks like some kind of that. Firebird thing. So it must have been a ripoff, cartoon ripoff of uh, Knight Rider? Yeah, I think something Knight Except Rider. it's red. And yeah, but it's about a kid who turns into a car. That doesn't it, seem right. And that, that, that's not even right, you know? Well, my mother, the car, the premise of that was a, a guy, I think it was a 30 or 40-something 1930 or 40-something vehicle, uh, and he buys this car for some unknown reason. He felt that he had to have it, and it turned out that it was his reincarnated mother. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was. it seems like it's an older show, like a 50s show. Okay. But that's I'll, I'll, the, have to, I'll have to go hunt that That's one up. the basic premise of My Mother, the Car. Okay. It's it, 80% of it. You it, just shoot yeah. out from there. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, okay. the date's off, but yeah. It, but the, yeah. It's kind of like, it's kinda like Herbie, but yeah. as your mother. It, it, yeah, and that's just weird. <laughs> and like it's an old, like coop or something you know yeah yeah something you have to hand crank to start yes exactly yes, exactly yeah, six volts yes. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that breaks your shoulder yeah when it's cold um yeah daniel listener friend of the show daniel copeland said the office i would buy a super le and i'm and i'm like i that. saw daniel down at sfge as well yeah okay yep. good deal i have to add him to the list but yeah i'm like that is that is just that's awesome super le uh and then the office and then we've got my Little Pony, uh, friend of the show Ty says Care Bears. We got Rainbow Bright, Rainbow Bright, yeah, yeah, and uh, Rainbow Bright. We got Strawberry Shortcake. <laughs> you get the st- skill shot. It smells like strawberries. Yeah, exactly. It does a poof. Uh, friend of the show Mike Martin said you two and the Foo Fighters, which actually those are those would be themes that would definitely sell. Uh, Adam of Adam and JP said Queen, no doubt about it. Uh, Sean yeah, replied Queen back and he good. said, How about the A Team? You know, and it's it's like, and, and it, it could just go on and on and on. But Air I just Wolf. thought, yeah, Airwolf. And it's, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, uh, that would actually be you know a good one. You flew in the backseat of Airwolf, don't you? Uh, Ernest Borgnine. And he was also on, he was SpongeBob, in, voiced in SpongeBob, didn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, There's he, a callback he was, to you. He was Mermaid Man. There's a callback. Yes. Hello. Yes. Hello, yeah. I am a professional podcaster. You, you got it. That's right. Uh, yeah, he was Mermaid Man of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. And Barnacle Boy... <laughs> is none other than the oh-so-underrated oh, comic genius of Tim Conway. Oh, Tim's it, awesome. Let me tell you, and those two guys together on SpongeBob, I, it, it just doesn't get any better. It's awesome. But anyway, Brent, I'll, so I'll leave that for uh, I'll leave that for the feedback because, uh, man, I, I literally I could have spent hours swimming through twi- the Twitter feed and pulling stuff in and out. I just thought that was that was probably one of the best ones. So um, ran out of time, didn't get any Facebook. But Brent, this month 
we actually have a voicemail. And I thought that was awesome. Because we don't get a lot of those. No, we don't. No. Uh-uh. We give the phone number all the time, but yeah. nobody, nobody calls Well, us. I, I think it's kind of old-fashioned at this point. You know, people just, it's so much Everybody's easier. Everybody's got to, a phone in their pocket. I, I know, but it's so much easier to hop on Facebook or Twitter and just and just make it happen. But thanks, thanks to a friend of the show, Brian, we actually have a voicemail this month. All right, let me see if all I got right, this. You're going to pull this baby yeah, up and dial on, it in for hold us? Hold on, wait a minute. I got all everything right. on this and muted, so nothing was disturbing you. Okay. You or me or General Atari... Rants. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You don't want to cut off that brilliance. Let it roll. So let me see. Let's see if I got this gizmo all hooked up here. Yeah, we need like a we need like a dial tone uh, lead in or something. Hey guys, this is Brian in Raleigh, North Carolina, talking hands free as I drive down to SFGE 2018 and just finished listening to episode 69. And you guys were talking about music with regard to Iron Maiden, and you mentioned how the songs tie to modes and whatnot. And you mentioned um, Metallica, and I'm pretty sure that those songs do not tie to the modes unless you get to crank it up or whatever. But with respect to uh, the songs in Iron Maiden, we just got one in our local barcade in LA, actually, and I actually really enjoy being able to choose a different song each time I plunge versus, let's say, um, ACDC, which is a fantastic game, but let's say you do Hell's Bells every single game, it's you're always point. hearing that song yeah, yeah. to start with just because of the mode you want to use versus Iron Maiden or Metallica. You can hear a different song that doesn't affect the gameplay at all. So if you're feeling different or want to hear a different song you haven't heard in a while, you can choose those. So just my opinion on that, and love the show. And sorry, Whitney, won't be making it to SFGE. Brent, I'll hunt you down, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> anyway, take care, guys. Thanks. Bye. Oh, Brian, thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. So, no, I, that's a valid point. I mean, other than every one of them was wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start video podcasting so people can see your face. I, I know. Yeah, now, it's, it, it would be good. But I see Brian's point in that, you know, like I, when I play ACDC, um, and, and I'm not going to, it, it after having gotten through the show tonight, I'm yeah. not going to try to remember specific songs. No, no, no. But but, but where he's going is it is a bit formulaic right. in, in in that regard, if, and I get that. If yes. I, if I'm if I'm tapping through the songs, I'm actually looking. Uh, however, I'm playing that night mm-hmm. or that day, as I'm tapping through the songs, I'm choosing my song based on where I feel I've got. A strength in terms of okay, I could start a decent game on this shot on this on this series of shots, yep, and maybe prime the pump and get rolling, okay, yeah. And those shots may give me a, a soundtrack that I don't necessarily want to deal with. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear. I don't want to distract me. I don't want to whatever. Yeah. Whereas I could wheel up to an Iron Maiden, and you know I can pick something that starts off pretty quick, like Number of the Beast. Or something that slows down a little bit, and and just kind of get into the game. However, I want to get into the yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, I see the I see the merits of both. Yeah, I, 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 I do. I, I, get I do. It. I get it. And, and I don't remember on Metallica because I'm pretty sure that uh, honestly, I get into Metallica, and I thought that the the song was tied to either having something spotted for you or. Um, cause can you change songs between balls? I haven't played Metallica in a bit. I I, I don't know. I've not played it enough to I, know. Really. I think once you start 
a song, that's the song you get for the game, or at least until you complete. A, I, I can't remember now, yeah. but honestly, I, I I usually just play enough to. I follow the flash and light and I just enjoy the song in, in all reality. And, and I don't even know how the, the band members pl- figure into the game because there's like, I think it's picks guitar picks or something at the bottom. That's what it looks like. Yeah. For each of the band members in and they're na- like, yeah. named. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I honestly, that's the game I just flip. I, I, I thought, however, and maybe my knowledge of ACDC was bleeding over into Metallica I thought that the modes were tied to the music. Yeah, we'll have to. A good thing about it is we'll just have to play more Metallica and find out. Darn, darn yeah. it! I, I tell you, that, that it is it is a great sounding machine, and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a super huge Metallica fan, but I've got mad props for what the machine is because it's just so highly regarded. So I, I get it. I get it. Well, that's Brian, it. That's it, dude. That is a show. That is. Man. <laughs> Thank you for the voicemail, Brian. And speaking of contacting us, haha, that's a terrible transition. I'm new to this podcast. It's, it's, it's the only one we've got, so, so we got to roll with yeah. it. Here, yeah. here, here's where you can find us. We're on Robble Hair's wonderful Throwback Network, and that's at throwbacknetwork.net. We're on iTunes, and we ask, please... Please, if you if you leave us a review, Whitney will come to your house and play Donkey Kong. Yeah, I'll do it, and, and you'll love leave it. us a review. <laughs> I will do it, and you will love it. Exactly. It's like me. I had to set up this Atari board. <laughs> I had to. There was a guy here with a hammer. It was engraved. He was going to hit me in the head. It had to happen. There's a double throwback. <laughs> uh, so please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us uh, increase our reach and just kind of get the show out there. I mean, everybody knows we don't do this for the love of it. We do it for the glory. <laughs> Uh, no, we do it for the love of it, and you know if we can get the show out a little more, and we can t- reach a little, a few more people, and maybe help them out with some stuff, man. That's that's what we're in it for, honestly. Yeah, so yeah, if you, please leave us a review. Yeah, you can find us on Stitcher Radio, Xbox Music, and the Google Play Store. Yep. And let's see, social media, we're at Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash broken token, on Twitter at broken token, and then our website, brokentoken.com. Whitney, that sounds like a show, man. It is. It is. And, you know, what's interesting is just kind of kind of doing a recap. I mean, we were a little bit all over the board with this show, topic-wise. Uh, I mean, pinball and console and everything else. But, again, it was, uh, it was fun talk and... I mean, if we can get our Retron uh, Retron seventy sevens on, then hey, man, it, it's it's all good for that. Yeah. And we didn't have to buy a Supreme Pinball. No, so no, we didn't have to. Yeah, we, we had to ha- set up the Atari board. Yeah, we didn't have to do that. Exactly. You know what we didn't give? We didn't give our phone number. You know, Brian left us a message. Le- oh. Call us and leave us a message. We're yeah. at we're at four seven zero two call BT, and that works out to be four seven zero two two two. Five five two eight. Yeah. So Colin, leave us a voicemail message, and you know if it's clean, we might put it on the air. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's or we awesome. may just do it anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just we'll just let it roll. But no, it's it's awesome, Brian. Thank you for doing that, uh, brother. We appreciate it, and uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll be looking forward to next month. And I'd say until then, just uh, game on and keep your quarters clean.
Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. But I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Letzi. And that's me. <laughs> music for the Broken Token Podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com. Go Team Fiero. Hey, have you heard the news from The Who? What from The Who? It's the news, man. No, I haven't heard anything from The Who. Yeah, they have... Are they still... Is The Who still a thing? No, they have declared that gaming disorder is a diagnosable mental health condition now. Why would The Who be an expert on that? I mean... Keith Moon, I mean, he knows the drums and <laughs> Ent Whistle is, man, he's an awesome on bass. And no, 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 no. And no, no, Townsend no. is no, no, an no, awesome no. singer. I, are they, honestly, dude, are they even still kind of around? I mean, that band's no. from like the 60s. No, 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 no. They no. haven't been like, CSI was like a big. Stop, 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 Brent, you're, you're insufferable. I mean, it's CSI the, brought back the, what was the, what was the song? Who am I or whatever? No, no who are you? Who are you? Yeah. Okay. No, Brent, this is the World Health Organization. Organization, not the WHO, the World Health Organization. Well, what do they know? The, what do they know about music? Oh.